Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Coifcast. I'm Ross Williams, and I just want to start this episode uh, by saying thank you. Thank you so, so much um, to everyone who listened to episode one. Um, I was genuinely expecting maybe tens of people, and we got well into the hundreds, and um, a really, really strong start for the pod. Um Tons of listens. Uh, we went a little bit global somehow. Uh, and more than anything, um, the feedback we got and the responses we got, the replies we got from from fans, from people within the game, um, just over the moon with it, really. Over the moon of it, I really didn't know how episode one was going to come across. It was a bit strange. And you're about to listen to episode two, which will be a heck of a lot different, not least because I'm not alone. Um I really thought it could just be some kind of incoherent rant, which wouldn't have gone down very well at all and wouldn't have been very entertaining, but it does seem that plenty of you were entertained from it. Um, yeah, and it made, it made a few people think. It created, created a few conversations, a few discussions. And for that, um, I, I'm extremely grateful. I'm just extremely grateful that you all that you all enjoyed it. And clearly you've come back for episode two. You come back for more, um, which, you know, thank you. Just thank you. Um, I'm recording this just after I've recorded the episode, so I I know it's good. <laughs> um, it's longer. It's a lot longer than what I did last week. Obviously, it was just kind of 50 minutes of me just kind of spieling uh, about what's been going on at the Tigers. This is a little bit different. I'm joined by Adam Hughes, who I'll introduce in a sec on the actual podcast itself, uh, who I worked for Castle Tigers uh, a few years ago in the media team. He's a great lad. Um, it was great to have a good chat. Um, we covered a lot of things. We covered Magic Weekend. We covered the Huddersfield game. We answer your Q&As um, from Twitter. Do, do follow us at Coivecast if you can. And we go through an entire potential squad for 2024, which is interesting to say the least. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Enjoy. Right then. Adam, long time no see in this capacity, isn't it? Very, very long time. Um, for those who don't know, um, Adam, I met you when I was... This could sound, weird, this could sound really weird. I met you when I was 16. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of those other stories in the news this week. <laughs> yeah, it's not one of those. Uh, yeah, I met you a long time ago. We um, we worked together. Te- quote, unquote, work. I wasn't I really work. I wasn't getting paid, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, no, we worked together for about four years. You cast didn't we, in the media team. I essentially reported to you, I guess, yeah. for... 99% of the time yeah. the club I was I was with you but um, due to reasons life this is probably the first well the longest time we've been in each other's company since about 2019 isn't yeah, it so, yeah, um, we, we see each other in passing at the games just say hello but yeah usually that was shit wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what we're saying at half time as we, as yeah. we pass but um, yeah firstly how you been secondly yeah, this season it's 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 been, it's been one of them, hasn't it? It's been interesting, to say the least. Yes, it's been one of the most interesting seasons, I'd say, <laughs> as a cast fan in recent memory. Obviously, we we know very well about the highs of 2017, and I mean, I must sound like a broken record, like most cast fans talking about the highs of 2017. Yeah, uh, but this year's just been a a bit of a I, I, I'd hate to say mixed bag. It's been a very almost poor bag. You're doing, you're doing well to pick out the nice green ones yeah. out of there, I think, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely so, more on the negative side. Um, I, I mean, I can't, can't remember the last time I stayed at a game for a full 80 minutes, unfortunately, which is very sad to say. Um, I'm almost walking home at sort of 65-minute mark, if I'm lucky, recently. Um, the Catalans game being probably one of the earliest I've left the game. 
Um, so it's it, it's not going great at the moment to be a cast fan, which is probably you summed up perfectly in the sort of first episode. Well, yeah, I tried, I tried, yeah, and I think that kind of that kind of sums up a lot of fans at the moment, doesn't it? I don't think that's unusual. Uh, obviously, we've seen in the last few weeks. Obviously, the crowds are very much diminishing in the second half. Um, you know, the, the one example was. I guess the most recent home game we actually missed a few tries <laughs> when that happens and other team puts the queue in the rack but yeah it, it's been I don't want to dwell on it too much obviously because yeah for those who, I, I'm very I'd be very surprised if anyone's joined in episode 2 I imagine most people listeners have joined in episode 1 um, yeah we've kind of gone over all that and where we where, where, how we've got here um, this episode is going to be very much about the current isn't it and where, where we're at yeah. and also the future in yeah. terms of what potentially we can do um, going forward um, but yeah, ultimately, just just to introduce us, like we do love cast, don't we? We've been here for a very long time. We've been supporters for kissing's kids, yeah. uh, and obviously we've got that kind of extra link to the club in the sense we've kind of been on the inside for a little bit at that time. I'm sure we'll you'll be on again, and we'll probably talk about some of those stories from the bus and yes. into the start. What well, the kit van should I say? Yes, many tra- many uh, trails down south and across the M62 with, yes. with Stuart Vaughs, but. There's that much to talk about in this episode. We probably should get straight into it, to be That's honest. That's the thing. We've got many more stories and things we can cover, but as you put it kind of perfectly, this is about the now, how we sort of go on from here, looking forward to 2024. Hopefully some more optimistic things. Hopefully, hopefully, yes. Um, but before we do that, we do have to talk about this recent game, because True. you have to in podcasts like this. Obviously, last Friday, Tigers went to Huddersfield, 20 points to four in the end, a single Alex Miller try. For the Tigers, and it that for me was a particularly frustrating loss. There's been obviously plenty this year. That was one of the few games in kind of the last five or six weeks where I went in thinking, "Hang on, we might have a bit of a, a dig here." Not so much for us, not not so much that we've shown much recently, but they've been really off the boil. And I think you could probably argue with Huddersfield. Naturally, we're one of the most disappointing teams this season, but we were expected to be kind of around there. Huddersfield, yeah. I, I saw people picking Huddersfield to win it. Yeah, I saw people. A lot of people having them top four yep. easily. Um, obviously, after last season's kind of results and way that it went for those guys, they looked to be really on the up. Mm. Uh, and then bringing in the likes of Jake Connor in the off season only seemed to make them look even stronger. But this year, there's something maybe not clicking. Um, they look a, a bit off it as well, mm. and probably they'd hold their hands up and say that their season's been disappointing as well. And as you say, I, I thought it was a very good chance off the back of. The statement from the board and the club, yeah, maybe a bit of a rallying cry to the players as well, um, for them to go out and put a statement down for the fans that were travelling over. But again, unfortunately, just a little bit lacklustre, and it seemed to come up short once again. Yeah, lacklustre, I think, is the word. Obviously, had a bit of a dig first forty. I think you go in. I think you're six points down. Um, there's half a chance that Miller try comes in the first half. You you have in touching distance again mm-hmm. at half time and. That's been a running theme, to be mm. honest. That's happened more times than you even think to remember. Like yeah. it's happened quite a lot. I, I actually think one of our best performances this season, albeit not for a full eighty minutes, was the first half against Wigan at home. Mm. If you remember that one, and obviously that was quite early in the season. I think Wigan have proven since then. They've had a couple of off days, but that is a very good defence. Yes, certainly on the day. Yeah. And I think we went in at half time six 0 down. They scored a late try, and that was one of those performances you're like, hang on a minute, if we can just do that again for another four, you've got half a chance against a team that's going to be right, right up there. And then we just fall away. Yeah. And this seems like the similar kind of thing, whether it's, I don't know, motivation, just pure effort. Are they simply too old? And that'll be a feature mm, throughout the rest definitely. of the podcast, I'm sure, as we get on to 2024. Yep. But um, 
yeah, just a, a bit of a missed opportunity, especially, I mean, they shipped 42 points the week before this yes. field, which is the real concern. They somehow scored 40 points and lost the game rugby yes. league, which is, that can't have happened many times. And we can't probably emphasise enough how much, looking at those performances, how where kind of fans' heads were going into that game thinking, we can pick one up here. Yeah. Because they're obviously down and out, they're wounded as well. There's an opportunity there to pick up and almost just pick up the scraps almost. Mm. Yeah. And we'll talk about it probably in a minute as well. There's another team that we're going on to play this week that's heavily wounded, coming off a probably a disappointing loss against St Helens, yep. which they probably should have taken home the two points from that game. There's another opportunity for us to go go up to St James's Park and up to Newcastle at Magic Weekend and really put a marker down and, and, and beat Leeds Rhinos. Let's get straight into it. We might as well. There's no point doing too much on Huddersfield. Yeah, Magic Weekend this week. I, exactly exactly what I was going to say. I mean, yeah, they lost narrowly. As rugby league fans, we're just hopeless romantics, aren't we? we, we are. I mean, we've gotten for punishment. Yes. We've only won two games all year. We're, it's, it's the worst it's been probably since that 2011-2012 period. And yet, yeah, there is a little part of you that goes, <laughs> their squad comes out when you go, ooh, they're a bit light. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, but you've got to be. I, mean, I think that's that's part of being a fan of any sport. Mm. There's no point going into every game thinking we're going to get 60 points, no. we're going to get hammered. Like, what's the point? You, you, I don't want to say that's not a fan, but it kind of isn't, is it? I mean, mm. the, what you're doing is so much for sport. If yeah. That's what you're thinking. You've got to be positive. You've got to try and find positives. And is there an opportunity here? Maybe, just maybe. Um, talk about Leeds first and foremost. Like I yeah. say, their squad's come out as we're recording this this morning. Um, key men missing. Caesar's out. Yeah. I know, admittedly, yeah. he's probably not hit the heights as, as he should do. Um, certainly not for the money beyond. Uh, they've had Gannon coming in at halfback. Uh, he's out now. Um, Tetevanu, our thoughts are with Zane Te- uh, Tetevanu, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but it doesn't yeah. sound great. It doesn't. Um, it's kind of a private health matter, so obviously hope he's okay. But he's obviously out, and Harry Newman's out for 12 yeah. weeks, and... I mean, if they've got an X Factor, it's Harry Newman. It's, that is a, a. I'm not saying we can exploit it, but the fact that Harry Newman's not in there is massive, isn't it? And it's once again the poor runner look that Harry Newman seems to be yeah. continuing to have. He's he's such an enigma in and around the sport of rugby league. Never mind just for Leeds Rhinos. He, he, the sport's a better game when he's on the field. 100%, 100%. Um, and once again, it just seems like the injury bug seems to just doesn't leave him. It's, it's one thing after the other. Certain players um, have it, don't they? Certain players, it, it just follows them. I mean, a former Leeds player, I know he's, he's linked Hulk out today, Jack Walker. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Incredible talent. Could have been so there. So much talent. If he stays healthy, he's there for about the next 15 years and just can't get over it, can't get no. over it. Newman, unfortunately, might be that same kind of player. Because it, it's not just little injuries either. He has big ones. Yes. Which is the real issue with him. It's big chunks every time. It's not, as you say, little niggles. It's not like a little ankle turn or things. It's, it's things that put him on the shelf for... Yeah months at a time and he can't really get a flow of games going and, and we probably don't ever see the best of Harry Numa because he's, no. he's not on the field long enough to get into that top form yeah 100% but, if you want to see him for, you want to see him for 12 weeks going yeah. at it and, and ideal from an England perspective yes. you want to do it at the end of the year going to like a Tonga series this yeah. year for example probably not yeah. going to happen no. horrible as it sounds unfortunately but yeah that losing Caesar again it, it's they seem to only have one of Austin or Caesar at any one time if, yeah. if one's in the other's injured um, it looks like they'll probably shift Myler into half-back and it'll be one of probably probably Ash Hanley, I know they've been running at full-back or yeah. Luke Hooley who's obviously come across from Batley at the beginning of the year and there's had one or two chances I believe but not really taking it with both hands just yet 
Yeah, I think it'd be Hanley. I think, to be honest, long term, they might be thinking Hanley there anyway. Yeah. I think that's, especially kind of in that leadership group yeah. and stuff, makes sure it makes, makes sense. sense. I mean, that's fine, I think. Um, yeah, you mentioned Blake Austin as well. Uh, Rowan Smith actually said he wasn't going to be available for this game. Yeah. So that's, are they rushing him back in because they have to? Again, from, with your cast hat on, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a massive opportunity. They might, yeah. not, they might only have one fit halfback in this game and it's a Richie Myler who's, let's be honest, over the hill at that position. Yeah. Um, Mag- so Magic does seem to throw out these position changes. I remember speaking from a castle point of view, going to Magic Weekend with Michael Shenton playing fullback. <laughs> I can't, laugh can't, very often. can't remember which year it was, but I remember Michael Shenton playing that. fullback, um, which is was one of the most interesting things. Yeah, I mean we've had plenty of fullbacks over the years. <laughs> I forgot Shenton played there. I'll be honest, that's. That's a new one to me. But um, it does throw up upsets as well. It does throw up upsets, Magic. I mean, we famously beat Warrington, I think it was 2015. Seen a few clips of that this week. Um, We were massive underdogs in that one. Went down, I think we went down three scores as well in that game. Uh, Yeah, I remember actually being at the game, covering the game, um, having my head in my hands on the (laughs) table. Um, A little bit distraught at the fact that we'd turned in that performance for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. And um, I think Ben Roberts went off injured. Um, I think the legendary Grant Millett and had a stint at halfback. And somehow we won that game. So it's... Uh, it can happen. All ended up rosy in the end. It did, and it can happen at Magic Weekend. Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, we're obviously a little bit makeshift ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we are a little bit. Obviously, I mean, the team sheet starts on number three this week. Mm. So that, that kind of gives it gives it all. Um, so obviously, fullback again will be a bone of contention. Um, yeah. Probably won't discuss our team too much because that'll kind of go into what we're talking about in 2024 anyway in terms mm-hmm. of our kind of favourites in certain positions um, but yeah I've kind of got written on the notes here do Cass have an opportunity in this game the short answer is yes the real question is will they take it um, and at this moment in time I don't have, I don't have confidence <laughs> in taking the opportunity I can't I simply can't have confidence I, I pray and hope we will yeah. Uh, you know, it seems there's 2,000 cast fans going down at the very least, which I think in our position is a good effort. Very good. A very, very, very effort. good effort. So, part of the back to heaven, uh, going up to the northeast this weekend, especially with train strikes, that's a great mm. effort of 2,000. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope to God cast can make the best of that opportunity. And uh, I'm sure we'll get it talked about next week, hopefully, with another two points in the bin. Let's, let's hope it is. Um, just on Magic Weekends, generally, um, not the games per se, I'm not particularly interested in talking about. Salford talk here, unless you are. Um, <laughs> Not quite. But, no. Um, but the concept, I think the concept, it, it always is a contentious issue every year, but I think it especially is. this year, um, in the aftermath of this weekend, so as we go into Monday and Tuesday, we're going to see a lot about it, um, because I do not suspect the crowd's going to be good. As I said, train strikes are a big issue. It's FA Cup final day. There's a bunch going on. It's Epsom Derby. If anyone's a racing fan, that's going on. It's a big day of sport, massive day of sport with train strikes it's really not useful but it is a little bit concerning as much as I think our 2000 following is good mm. when Super League on Wednesday are saying that we're the fifth most supported team yeah I mean just running the maths that means eight of the 12 teams are taking 2000 or less if I'm being really optimistic and saying they're all taking 2000 which they're not they're not that'd be 16 over the course of a weekend and then if you want to be really optimistic and say the top four are taking Six? They're definitely not. I mean, even if like they're all taking, yeah. I mean, even if they're all taking six thousand, what are two of them might? Yeah. Um, you warrant and should do at the top of the line. But even if all those four are taking six thousand, that's still only forty thousand over the weekend. Which I mean, is down. 
it'd be well down. Well I mean, down your average is near at 60, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's going to be a big chat around it. And it's like, it's going to be damned. <laughs> damned, yeah. damned. If it's a great week in rugby or not, it's going to be damned. First yeah. and foremost, do you like the concept? And it, do you think there needs to be changes? What, what would you change? I do like the concept. The concept of Magic Weekend's always been great, whether it's it's at Murrayfield, whether it's at Millennium Stadium. I, I mean, Ed. some of my earliest memories of rugby league is going up for the weekend at Murrayfield. Mm. Went to both both of the Murrayfield um, events. I believe it were only there twice, and I loved it. Absolutely enjoyed the weekend. Nice little destination holiday with the family. Yeah, she's great. Um, since it's been at Newcastle, I think it's been probably one of the best sort of stadiums. We've obviously been. Up there and covered a few games. Yeah, uh, um, St James's Park, and you got the honour of going to your football team stadium at Anfield. I did, I did. Um, during that magic weekend. My final game covering cast that one. Well, I, I left on. A, I mean, the result wasn't that high, yeah. but the uh, the day was a high. <laughs> so a little, nice little standoff, and I think it was the right decision to put it back at St James's Park. There's a lot of fans of St James's Park as yes. a whole stadium. I do think it's the best they've used. Absolutely. Um, but I think a lot of the arguments and a lot of the issues maybe comes down to the way that they pick the games that are, are there. Because mm. you look at, I remember my memories of Magic Weekend, I remember David Hodgson scoring that try in the yes, last minute the of the old derby. Yeah. I remember Wigan and Saints games, the big scrap that was there. There was uh, the famous um, Jordan Tanzi in the Leeds Bradford game yes. in Cardiff, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Um, these are all the local derbies, mm. and I think that's almost the appeal of a Magic Weekend is seeing these local derbies for neutral fans who don't necessarily go across to watch these derbies. Like I would never go over to Hull to watch a Hull FC Hull KR derby, but I'll always watch it on telly. And if yeah. it's at Magic Weekend and I'm there for a say Cass Leeds Cass Wakefield game, mm. and it's on, I'd be looking forward to it and making sure that I'm in my seat watching that game. Yeah. I feel like there's an opportunity to maybe move it away from Newcastle. Maybe there is an issue that it has maybe got a little bit stale for people up there. Mm. It's been there for a number of years. It's somewhere else maybe more appealing. The issue is where. Where's big enough? And where's got the facilities and the accessibility? Because I think we saw a little bit with the Summer Bash Mm. um, this past week where it was at York. And it's York, obviously, brand new stadium, great stadium, great facilities. But it's already a stadium that fans will travel to. Yeah, the in, people who are going to go league. to the Bash are already going to go to that yeah. away game, surely. And yeah. that's why there was a crowd of, I think it was about six and a half k over the, over the over two days. I mean, it, you talk about events making money. I mean, that can't have made a <laughs> no, penny. Not at all. Ten. Surely not. And it, it's it, the RFL must be looking at that and thinking, well, is the Summer Bash feasible? It can't be. Can't it, be it, at, this, can't at that point. At least, I mean. I don't think Blackpool's perfect for that, but at least it had a bit of something. At least it had a gimmick. At least yeah. it was something. Yeah. And it made sense with the name and all that. And I think I think the crowds were up. I mean, they weren't massive, but I think they were getting 17,000, 18,000 over the course of the two days, which you'd still crowd. want more, but not bad. They were a good crowd for yeah. a big championship event. Um, so I think they need to be careful where they put it. I think mm. if they move it down south, it's maybe a little bit too far. Obviously, outside of um, Catalan's, Majority of teams at M62 corridor. Yeah. So, do we really want to move it away too far away from that? I think, to be honest, I think there's kind of one fundamental issue with Magic Week. I think it's always been the case, and I think they have probably had a better view of it early on. It's, I don't know what they're trying to achieve with it. Mm. Like, there's there's two possible ways 
you can view Magic Weekend. Is it for the current fans? Is it for the existing fans? Is, mm. it, for, is it for a great event for the existing cast, Leeds, Wigan, St. Helens fans? Yeah. Or is it to attract new fans? And I don't think they've ever nailed it. I think they've been somewhere in between. Yeah. I think they've kind of made it for the existing fans and just put it somewhere else. Yeah. And that's not good enough. No. Because, I mean, like I say, Newcastle, like I said, 2015. So we're talking seven, eight years yeah. now at Newcastle. And as we said, we, we predict the crowd is going to be as low as ever. It's because they don't have anything around it. Like They'll focus on... I think Newcastle is a growth area, and I think 100% Absolutely. they should do something. They've got the thunder up there, and it makes sense. They've taken a test match there. Yeah. Um, but it's just little events here and there. They'll, they'll focus on Newcastle for a weekend. Yes. It's, what else is there for the rest of no, the year? There's nothing there's around There's nothing it. to kind of consolidate those fans, is there? And it's just... You're not going to grow a fan base. That You're not going to grow a fan base where, realistically, first of work, you need 15,000 joys going. Mm. And... That's not happening. And after eight years, you've got to ask yourself why that's not happening, I think. I think that comes down to a wider conversation that I'm sure you'll cover in future uh, podcasts is the marketing of the sport as a whole. That might be 10 podcasts in a row. <laughs> we could probably sit here for about four hours and, and pick 100%. it to bits from yeah. from top to bottom. And, and it, it's not saying that the RFL don't do any. I just don't think they put the efforts in, into the right areas. Because personally, I, probably up in Newcastle, they've not really spoken to people about it. Do do regular people in Newcastle know what's going on this next uh, this weekend? Coming I think up? they do the odd thing at like late season Newcastle games, don't they? And they'll might have, the they might have a player up there at half time of a game when mm. everyone's when everyone's having going to the toilet, having yeah. a pie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I sympathise a little bit. Um, obviously, I touched on it in episode one money's a massive factor Ex- and extremely th- that's the thing the, the, the crux of like I say we could 100% do 10 hours straight on marketing <laughs> and we could we could absolutely nail a plan and all that but ultimately at the end of it we'd go right how much is that going to cost yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the that's the fundamental issue and it's where you want ideally IMG to kind of bankroll it which is otherwise I don't really know why they're there yeah. if they're not going to do that long term um, but yeah there's, there's a Generally, it's not it's not marketed well enough, and there's not a, and there's not a clear vision of who it should mm. be marketed to. If it's just an event for us existing fans, and they want they want five thousand fans from every club to go to it, then do that. Say that. Yeah. Say that and make it accessible and cheap for everyone. And to be fair, it is cheap. It's I, cheap. I, can't, I can't fault that. It's 20, 20 quid a ticket. You can't yeah. fault that. But make it a little bit more accessible. Don't. I mean, they've been hamstrung a bit by the train strikes. To be fair, yeah. I'll give them that. Um, but yeah, there's just not a clear vision on magic and the problem we've got now as well bringing in IMG to the argument is as part of their proposal which they have got voted in they essentially don't want magic yeah. they want something else in its place yeah. they've said the problem is and this is not necessarily their fault because obviously everything they put in place is meant to come in place in 2025 we're now in a bit of a lull period where they've not given us what they want to have instead so now the clubs are going well, do we do it next year or not because mm. we need to book the stadium yeah, so it's it, so we're probably going to get magic again next yeah. year Again, with no clear idea of what it's going to do. It's, just it's, a little bit in limbo, isn't it? Yeah, with everything, with, the, with this transitional period that we seem to be in, where the new structure change and yeah. new ideas from IMG that has been voted in are getting prepared to be brought in mm. against what we're, where we're at now, where it's just almost we're kind of continuing because yeah. we've got to. <laughs> I, had, I had a chat in the pub a few days ago at the weekend and we're talking about this and the question was raised... Obviously, you can this year, 
can you be relegated in 2024? Mm. And I'm as clued up on IMG as I, as I can be, reading what's going on. My honest answer is I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a bit of an issue. Mm. I don't think you can. And I think the grains are going to come in place for 2025. So yeah. therefore, technically, there's no straight one, one down yeah. promotion uh, relegation next year. But I don't know. It's not mm. clear. And I mean, again, that's a podcast for another day in terms yeah. of all that. But we just need a bit more transparency. And I think the game just needs some simple changes rather than here's a 26-page document of jargon. You know, it's not really helping things. Um, so yeah, Magic Weekend. I hope it's a success this year. I, I think the crowds will be down. I think at the very least, the crowd will be down. It probably won't look amazing on TV. Hope the games are good. Hope it's good entertainment. Hope Sky get behind it. They usually mm. do, to be fair. They do. And hopefully cast win. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Who knows? That's the main takeaway. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> Two points would be lovely. Um, right then. Next section of the podcast, before we get into our kind of main feature of the day, which Adam has been up late into the night preparing. Uh, you lucky, lucky people. Um, I did ask for some questions on uh, the Twitter page, at Coifcast. If you're not following, please do get head over there and give us a follow. Thank you to the literal hundreds, which is really nice. Literal hundreds of you have uh, followed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, There's some really good reception on there, so really, really appreciate it. Um, ask for a few questions. We've got some. Um, so first of all, I want to say thanks to Ben Roberts, Nathan Godfrey, at Cast Rumours, um, need more rumours from you. There's only one. It was wrong. So, you know, more. Um, Step it up. Uh, Oliver, uh, Aaron, uh, and Joe C. Um, you all ask great questions, and we really do appreciate it. That's why I want to give you a call out. We're not going to answer them right now, though, because they actually all relate to what we're going to do after the Q&A. Um, trust me, all your questions will be pretty much answered in that. So we haven't forgot about you. We do appreciate it. It'll be answered afterwards. Um, but we've still got about five or six questions anyway. So, first and foremost, at No Context Tigers, who have been fantastic the last week or so, by the way, keep that up. <laughs> um, what do you make of our Jewel Reg link up with Halifax? Um, Alex Sutcliffe, I believe, is in the Halifax team going into this week. He is. Um, going to Toulouse, but it's chuffed about that one. <laughs> um, nice destination holiday for him yeah, for a couple of days. Exactly. Get, get bashed over there, <laughs> get some sunburn. Um, yeah, I'll open it up to you first and foremost. What do you make of it? I don't have a huge opinion on this one, if, I, if I'm being brutally honest. Mm. I think it's probably a wider conversation on Jewel Reg generally. Yeah. It? But um, yeah, what do you think? Jewel Reg has always been a kind of a contentious mm. point for a lot of um, Super League club fans, I'd say. And um, it's almost like it's a bit of a grey area how it, it can yeah. run and how it operates. Obviously, we've seen clubs like Featherstone that have had basically a lot of the Leeds youngsters coming, coming through and almost bedding themselves in. To first team rugby league at Featherstone. And now it's Bradford, isn't it? Yeah, now it's Bradford. Which the Bradford fans do not like. No, they don't. I've seen mm. a lot of people complaining that about having sort of Leeds youngsters in the, in their squad. Um, I think for us, it, it, it's worked in, in parts. Obviously, we've sent Alex Sutcliffe this week. I think um, throughout the season, I think we've sent Vete. I think Fanua's played a game. Or, uh, Matangi went, I think. Yeah, Matangi yeah. went. I think um, obviously Daniel Smith went, obviously no longer with the club, but. Um, Smig went over there and I think it's a good way to sort of give these more experienced players a bit more of a challenge rather than playing sort of in the reserves mm. where I think the reserves are great for players like Will Tate who maybe need a little bit more just, exposure just rugby. to rugby yeah just, just ball in hand kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. and it's, it's great for those guys that are still developing I think there's still some development to go in, in Will Tate and I mean we'll talk probably yeah. a bit about Will Tate later on Um 
But for guys like Matagi, Fanua, Alex Sutcliffe, who's maybe been out of the first team for a little bit or coming back from injuries, um, it's a great opportunity for him to get a run out. Mm. Um, I think we've also got one at uh, Joe Reg at Midlands Hurricanes as well. I know oh, a, lot, do, yeah, a yeah. lot of the youngsters have gone. Like Bailey Dawson, the, for example, yeah. obviously. Um, Brad Martin's been down there. Uh, Wallace was cup tied. <laughs> I've been played for them in the Challenge Cup. Which, yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll send Wallace back there. Uh, no, um, we missed out on him because he played against the Hull Dockers in round one. <laughs> so that was uh, that was useful. I think he scored two though. So yes. you know. um, yeah, Joe is an interesting one. Again, I think it's one of those things, and it's rugby league generally in this country, yeah. where yeah. you've got a bit of a limbo situation mm. where. You've got a dual reg system. You've still technically got a loan system, I think. Yes. I think you can it's... just loan players anywhere anyway and the reserves, yeah. which have obviously only been a thing for the last two, three years. Yeah. And a kind of revamped academy, which has changed even since the time I used to cover them. Yeah. Um, it kind of feels like in an ideal world, there should be one or the other. Yes. Because the way it they works should. with dual reg is it's kind of following the Australian model in a way. Mm where You've facts got... are our feeder team, yes. essentially, but it's also all one-way traffic. So it, yeah. it doesn't really work. I think they've tried to do it, but it doesn't really work. And at the same time, you've got reserves. But it's like, I think you've, I think as much as I agree with what you're saying mm. in terms of will take goes to reserves, and it's a slightly different standard. Yeah. I almost do think if it's going to be successful as an actual thing, you kind of pick one or the other. Yeah. I think really should be the option. Um, you either go full on dual reg and you make every Super League team have a championship club mm. which is probably the way to do it or a league one club and then they commit to it for five years yeah. and they're your club and that makes sense and then that then that starts to work both ways because at that point you might see a youngster at Halifax yeah. at 17 you go well when he's 20 in three years time we're still going to be there he actually might end up being a cast player and there's that agreement there's obviously some financials going either way as well that could work long term or you go full on the reserves. Mm. I, I don't think it works both. I think you're just diluting both yeah. products, aren't you, essentially? So it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah. Again, a, a much bigger... The, the thing I'm going to realise with this podcast, and I already have, is every one of these issues, which we're ever going to talk about, which we'll do three minutes on, could have an hour. Yeah, <laughs> There's easy, so easily. much stuff. There's so much stuff, so we will move on. But yeah, dual reg, it's a little bit broken. For the time being, it's giving guys game time, which they yeah. wouldn't already have. And it's and, it's the confusion between dual registration and loans. Yes. Uh, again, it should be one or the other. Because surely. you can have people on dual reg that can go week to week, but then if a minimum term for a loan is a two-week loan. Mm. But then it can be a rolling loan that you can recall yeah, at any for, point. Jason Gary Guy, for example, yeah. Bradford on a what was originally called a two-week two loan. Yeah. It's actually a rolling loan. For yeah. Yeah, it's, it could be the, it could have been the full season. We could have not seen Gary Gary again. Yes. Obviously, he's back in the squad this this week. Very, very strange. Very, very strange. Extreme. And again, there's no real transparency over what no. goes on there. Um, so to not really answer your question, <laughs> no yeah. context tags, thank you, but... Yeah, it's fine. Uh, right, very Brandon. very politician of us. I think yeah, that one. Absolutely, that might be a theme. An answer without <laughs> answer without an answer. That might be a theme going forward. <laughs> so no, it won't be. It won't be. It won't be. Uh, Brandon Woodhead. Next question. This came in very very late before we started recording this. It's not your fault. You didn't know when we were recording. Um, so this will actually be one of those where it's a bit of an answer, I think. Mm. But it is going to lead us on to a different question. So two players to save us from relegation right now we're not going to answer that really. I, don't, I don't think we can answer that that's the reason I, I can't answer that right now because one I really don't know who's available at this moment no. in time and two well 
point one kind of covers it. <laughs> to be honest, I'm really <laughs> not sure who we could bring in. No. But that does lead us into the next question because obviously there is a team right now who are signing players right now in the hope of saving themselves from relegation. That would be our neighbor, our neighbours from uh, across the common. So at Tiger Towns eighty eight asks us the question, which we can probably get our teeth into a little bit more. Are I review concerned that Wakey might pick up a win or two? Where do you see us picking up anything? Um, I think we should just cover off the second part of that question very very quickly again and say I don't really know. Maybe this week. Yeah. The only one we can safely say, I think you'd agree, is Bellevue. Yes. And that's you'd, an absolute, you'd like to think. An absolute has to be. We have to beat them at Bellevue, no matter what. Even if we're still four points clear at that point, we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, in terms of where do you see us picking up anything, you take it week by week. It, yeah. I, I'm not going to tell you Hulk IR in September. I, I don't know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? One of those. It, it, we'd be kind of picking through thin air. Yeah. There's an opportunity potentially released this week, but really, Bellevue. Um, so that brings on to Wakefield generally are either of you concerned that Wakefield might pick up a win or two Adam I, I don't see any Super League team in sort of this generation of rugby league not going through a full season without picking a win up at some point because it's we've seen it before and we you can go into games being almost like a 40 point underdog and yeah. coming out with a win a very scrappy win it, it, all it takes sometimes is being in the game and the ball bouncing almost your way. Um, end of the day, Wakefield are a professional club, professional players, and there is some good players in that team. Hmm. Not, not sort of saying that they're littered with stars, because yeah. otherwise they won't be in this sort of situation. But there is some very, very good players, and obviously they're, they're making signings. Whether or not these signings are going to quickly change their fortunes around, I mean, we've seen them bring in Luke Gale and him not feature yet. He's not played yet, no. Um, I don't know if there's an injury or if it's... I think he did save a car or yeah. something, but I mean, there's going to be because he's been roofing. <laughs> he's not exactly, he's not exactly match fit. He's, uh, he's, he's doing a lot of walking around and smiling. Yes. Um, is is what I've seen a lot of time with the fans, um, which is sort of Gailey style. Um, obviously, the big news this week is them bringing back Dave Fafita. Mm. Um, the bopper is back in town. Will it? Will he go on at the weekend and score an hat trick? Um, I can't see it myself. Um, bless him it looks like he's had a big Christmas and it's just carried on from there he's not had a pre-season has he no. I mean, that, that's the thing with Fafita and look I'm not going to knock any Wakefield fan for being really positive yesterday at all. I all and I think if we made a similar move if we'd I think we kind of some fans were kind of tongue in cheek saying when Grant Milton came over a few yeah. weeks ago yeah. you know, because he'd been playing a similar standard I guess over there it's been mm. part time um it, that would it, be a similar kind of move to me in terms of you'd get a short-term lift from the fans because he's a legend and he, he's come over he's, and Fafita's going to have to save the club and yeah. all this. And he, obviously, he's got the personality. You can give it the big talk and you know call the bop or whatever he's saying. But yeah, he, he's been playing essentially like backyard rugby yeah. all season in Australia. He won't have had a form pre-season. No. With all due respect to Fafita, a good player as he was, yes. he never did long minutes anyway. No. <laughs> so I can't imagine we're going to be seeing him doing 80-minute stints at prop. That's not going to be the case. Um, so I am less worried than, than than some about about this signing. I would say, yeah. um, and by that I mean I'm not really worried about that at all. <laughs> I don't think a 20 minute prop is going to be the difference between. I think I think we tweeted it off the account yesterday. Is going to be the difference between our squad and theirs. I mean, people can argue about our squad being on par or something on par with them. The real difference between our squad is probably about 300 grand. Yeah, <laughs> that, that you can literally quantify it because. 
I don't think Wakefield have made any kind of secret of how they've built their squad. Basically, for those who don't know, each club gets about one and a half million every year from the Sky deal. They've spent that and that's, that's it. all they spend every year. Every other team has then put money on top, mm. including Cass, including Cass. Um, and obviously the cap is 2.1 million, so there's this kind of a £600,000 um, discrepancy to make up. Most teams do. A lot of teams go above that, even with the marquees. Mm-hmm. They're performing like a £1.5 million team should perform in a £2.1 million league. It's as simple as that. This does not make the difference up between that. Um, as for the other signings and kind of coming back to the Brandon Woodhead question in terms of who we sign right now, it's a matter of availability. Yeah. Essentially what they've brought in, uh, it's Hewitt from Huddersfield, who I believe all but retired near enough. He pretty much finished. I, I don't think, or certainly not, he's certainly not, I, mean, I don't think you bring Hewitt into our cast pack, for example, and starting week one. He's not that kind of level. No. It's two lads who they essentially shipped out to France and Australia last year, two young kids who they deemed kind of surplus to requirements. But, I mean, there's a great Matt Shaw podcast on this with his agent. Yeah. Basically, they deemed them surplus to requirements, but due to a bit of an RFL ruling, they weren't allowed to register for any other team. It was a bit backwards, to be honest. It was yeah, a bit it weird. Like, I'm not going to jump in on Wakefield for anything in particular, but that was a bit weird. They've re-signed those two, but essentially it's two people that said weren't good enough. Mm. And then it's two trialists from Catalans who weren't getting the game over there, and there's a reason for that. Mm. It doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare me, and it's a good PR move to bring in six signings in a day and do all this, but I mean, I'd rather bring one good one in than six in there, and... The problem is that one good one isn't there. Mm. So unless we can actually pull an absolute rabbit out of the hat, uh, I know you've got a bit of an idea later on what we may be able to do. But even then, it's not not concrete. We're not, in bringing, any sense. We're not bringing one of those origin players on Wednesday. In, you no. know, what I mean, that's it's not. I said I must have said the word realism about seven times last week. <laughs> but we do have to be realistic yeah. about this, and let's not just. <laughs> I'm struggling to find a better phrase. Let's not throw shit at a wall. Yeah, we, can, sticks. we can't let his imaginations run wild no. in in scenarios that we could bring in, as you say, one of the origin play. We're not we're not suddenly going to go and sign Caelan Ponger and, and bring him bring him in, and he's going to solve all his, all his problems. Jeremy no. um, Lloyd did not have a good game, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening. It's turning out for Cast next week, even at, though at the he, even though he was spotted in the coffee club in October. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening, unfortunately. Uh, so to answer the question it's entirely are either of you concerned that Wakefield may pick up a win I never actually answered that bit I think they probably will at some point yeah. yeah I agree I think they'll probably pick it up somewhere but in the same way as we answered the second part of the question in terms of where we can, where can we see it happening I don't know I, I, I couldn't pick you out a game no. which tells me that although they might pick, we'll pick up one or two they're certainly not picking up many more than that and that doesn't yeah. Bellevue's huge isn't it? let's be honest yeah. that, that Bellevue game is absolutely massive and but, that's, that's what we're off at and it's not to say that we're not going to pick up a exactly. couple of wins yeah. in, in the meantime as well it's same same for us I can't see us going winless for the rest of the season and it kind of coming down to us versus Wakefield at Bellevue once again yeah because I mean, you, you'd probably say that Wakefield have got what a 15-20% chance of picking up a win you'd say we've yeah. probably got a 25-30 yeah. that's where we're at that's where we're at at the moment and We've certainly got more potential of hitting a little bit of form than they do. We've got a bigger squad. We've got more quote-unquote talent in the squad. It yeah. is there. We have, we have seen it. And we've also won two games this year. They've not won any. Yeah. So I, I, I do think, I mean, we are literally in a better position than Wakefield because we're four points <laughs> above them. So let's, just, let's focus on a little bit of positive there. Let's focus on a little bit positive and not worry about them too much for the time being. 
Um, right, right, let's get into the biggie. <laughs> let's get into the big one. It's on our notes. Uh, Adam just rolled his eyes. Um, <laughs> Stephen J. Haslam. Thank you very much, Stephen, for this one. Um, I will level with all of you. As I say, I imagine most of you did listen to episode one if you're here. I don't think I mentioned the word Andy last once last week. There was a reason behind that, and obviously the majority of responses uh, I did get um, being constructive about the podcast. There was no one that criticised, which I really appreciate for. Anything constructive was, what about the coach? It was on purpose. I didn't want to speak about the coach in episode one because I was by myself. I didn't think I'd be able to do it justice, really. I think I need someone to bounce off when it comes to this situation. Uh, And there was so much other stuff to talk about, about the club generally, that it didn't feel right just kind of shoe on in 10 minutes or last chatting there and there was going to be a point for it and clearly it's now. Can you rate Andy Last's performance so far? And Stephen says, personally, I think we have regressed and the game plan has worsened under him. Are there any positives? Right. <laughs> Let's take this one on. So, it was three games in yep. when Radford um, departed. We don't know the situation in which he departed. Uh, I'm not sure it was quite as mutual as, as what no. was said, but he went pretty quickly and was quickly spotted in Australia. There's the situation. Andy Last takes over. I think he was interim for six weeks, something like that. Six, seven weeks. Something like that. And obviously was given um, the full-time gig. I think we all knew he was getting the full-time gig from that day, didn't we? Yes. The one thing I would really criticise the club on, that six-week period wasn't needed. No. The I, one thing I would say, I don't think that was needed. I'd have given him... It- maybe two weeks, but I feel like they had to go through a due process of seeing what potential other options were out there. Yeah. Um, we have, we've all heard the names that were rumoured and uh, potentially linked with the, with the uh, job. Well, we know interviews happened because yes. one of them is now the assistant Yes. <laughs> so we do know, to be fair, I will give them that, there was due process. Yes. I think six weeks was a bit long. Yeah, um, Yeah, it was a bit, I mean, just... just from a PR point of view, from the fan base point of view, it was a bit long. But yeah, yeah interviews were were done, so fair play. But at the same time, everyone his dog knew Andy Last would get in this gig. Mm. Um, so, take this piece by piece. Can you rate Andy Last's performance so far? I mean, it goes without saying he's won two games out of the possible, what is it now, 11-12? Yeah. You can't rate it highly. No. I mean, look, I know I'm very pro-club and I certainly was in the first episode. Um... But I'm not going to sit here and say Andy Last has done a fantastic job. No one's going to do that. You'd, no. all, you'd all switch off and quite exactly. rightly. I think by his own admission, he would have done a good job as well, which is fair play to him. Um, you can't win so few games and ultimately score few po- so, so few points, which has been the real the real issue, I think, uh, and say he's done a good job so far. He hasn't. I do think he's been given an absolutely terrible set of cards. I would say that, and this is the devil's advocate point of view, which I know I can I can hear you eye rolling, yeah. <laughs> the listeners I can hear it. But you all you've all seen this squad yourself. You know this is not an ideal situation. No. I think we all have a an idea that the idea was to Andy Last get the job at the end of the season when this rebuild had happened, so he'd have his squad rather than now where we're on this kind of dead spot as I talked mm. about last week and we're about to get onto as well. So you can't rate it very highly, but you do as with everything, you've got to take it a bit of pinch of salt, haven't you? Yeah, unfortunately, it's. I think the performances more, more than the results. I don't think you mind losing, or you don't yeah. mind losing as much yeah. if the performances are there, mm. and you can see that there's a a big effort been put in. There's you've been scoring points, defending solidly, and I think at some points in quite a few games that we've 
being devoid of an idea with ball in hand, especially when we've got good field position. It's mm. almost like we're looking for ideas and I don't know where the ideas are coming from because we've got some halfbacks that are maybe out of position, makeshift halfbacks, a fullback that I don't think we know who wants to play fullback. No. Um, we're chopping and changing the team and the squad uh, quite a little, quite a bit at the moment, trying to find who fits in the best kind of position. Um, and I, d- I don't know if Andy Last knows what his best team is at the moment that he's got. I think that's fair. And he's got one eye, probably quite rightly so, on yeah. 2024 with so many people that are out of contract that won't be at the club anymore. And it's very hard to get those players playing, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it's. I do think there is the possibility, and I'd say it's a small, it's, it's a smaller possibility than I'm probably putting across, but I think Andy Lass could be here in two and a half years and we could be in a decent spot. I, I think that's not an impossibility by any means. He's not the right coach for this period of time. No. That's, that's that's the problem. I think yeah. he is a coach potentially for a rebuild. I think mm-hmm. again, I had this conversation the other day, and I think in terms of him as a coach, because I mean, how many times have you heard the phrase over the last few weeks? Andy Lass is a great coach. Andy Lass is always oh, a brilliant coach. You've got the England coach, you've got yeah. Sean Wayne, yeah. who's perennial winner, saying Andy Lass is a great coach. The thing is, I think he is, but it's a bit paint by numbers. And I think he's a good coach in the sense of the coach's manual. Yeah. I think he can probably put some drills on and I think he's brilliant. He's probably top of the class in terms of the coaching badges and all that kind of thing. I think the problem he's got, and it's not his fault, and I'm not going to dig him out for this because it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's character, it's personality. Mm. He can't, he can't change who he is. No. This is just, that's not, it's not his fault that. I just think in a situation where we're in, where we need a couple of wins to secure... You've got 14 players off contracts. Most of them know they're not here next year. Very hard to motivate them players, especially when they're the old, you're at older age. Yeah. Some, are looking at the, some are looking at an exit from the game, never mind the club. Mm. You almost need a bit of an iron fist at this point. And I don't think he's got that. Mm. <laughs> I think that's very clear. The one th- I think Andy Last, again, the other thing you say, he's a great coach, he's a great bloke. He might be, he might be the nicest bloke in the world. Yeah. You probably don't need a nice bloke right now. No. It uh, may pan out in 2024 when you've got all these young lads who want to play for him and just want to play for the club. Right now, with these lads, you almost need someone. The way I said it the other day was you need some of these lads because the real thing about the performances which has annoyed me is you can pick out the effort players. I'm not going to name them on the pod, but like you can, we all know, you can. the fact you can name in individuals yeah. is poor. I don't think they're scared of that review on Monday. No, And you not. need a bit of fear there and I don't see. think that's there, which is an issue. I think partially the issue might have been is obviously he was Radford's number two. Yeah. Maybe he's been the devil's advocate to maybe Radford's maybe sterner hand. Good cop. So he's had He's been good cop. He's been yeah, yeah he's been yeah. good cop for best part of twelve, eighteen months. To all uh, of a sudden flip that Yeah, to try and yeah. turn that around and be suddenly the disciplinarian, the law and laying everything down as you want it. Mm can be a bit tough for people to see it because a lot of these players will have seen him for the last 12 months as being maybe the jokey lad that is running the sessions and is sort of putting the drills on. Especially when you've got, let's be honest, a lot of blokes who've been at Hollow over the years and have known him for about seven, eight years exactly. and longer. That's the thing. They know it. If he's, He may well be going into that review and shouting a ball and we've seen even clips at half-time of yeah. games, haven't you? I think they know that's not him. He's been the number that's two for so long. Yeah. It might be tough to kind of get them back on side and it maybe needs 
10, 15 players to leave and new new faces to come in Absolutely. to get that almost, I don't want to say respect, but... I, I think you can say it. I, I, think, I think you can say respect. I would say with the, some of the performances we've seen, and again, I'm not going to name individuals, but I th- I don't think it's harsh to say a lack of respect. Mm. I don't think it is for, yeah, I think certainly the coach. Especially, let's be honest, because like, I mean, whether they knew behind the scenes he was getting the gigs, no matter what, potentially they did. Mm-hmm. But at least to the outside, there was a six-week period where he was fighting for his job and there was still some bad efforts in there. Yeah, That's a lack of respect for me. Mm. There were some that were, don't get me wrong. That, there's certain players, um, you can say, I would, I would even throw Joe Esterman into the hat, for example. I think he's showing some effort. Yes, Young Jack Robben, fantastic this year. Been great. There's some big effort players. One coincidence there is they're both probably here next year. <laughs> You've got to throw them in, you know. Yeah. I think the players that are here next year is quite visible for some of them. Mm. Um, the players you're not sure you can tell. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, any positives? Any positives, Angulas? So that was the second part of the question. Um, like I say, I think you go into next year with a brand new team. You've got to give him his chance. You've got to give him his chance, and I, I actually do think. I actually do think the defence has stiffened up a little bit from early on. Uh, I think there was a natural progression and it mm. is, dare I say, just individuals that are kind of letting that down. Yeah. I think as a structure, I actually think we look better defensively. Uh, Hulk and I would be a good um, parameter of yeah. that. Obviously, there was the error after the kickoff. If that error doesn't happen, which is just one of them, and it's you were just typical cast this yeah, season, isn't it? Yeah, very much. If that doesn't happen, we probably knock off Hulk and at home. Yeah. Which, and they're probably the form team in the comp at the minute. Yeah. There are defensive displays there and that's clearly, that's training ground stuff. We just—it's easy to play the players of the issue. I know it is. I know it is. And mm-hmm. look, given the option, and I'll throw this to you as well. Given the option, when Radford was fired instantly, was your first reaction give the job to last, or when you heard? So, so that's that's unfair. When we heard some of the names coming through, did you prefer a name? Um, I know we we spoke in, in an ideal world because we kind of knew that this was going to be. The we case. we spoke about it, and I know we spoke about it quite at length during that six week period, and we tossed names about yeah. quite a few. Um, and I've got a big love for Ryan Carr over in Australia. Mm. Um, obviously now an NRL coach. Now now actually <laughs> the interim head coach at the Dragons. Yeah, a bit of a win this first game. Yes, I worked with Ryan at Featherstone. Yeah, I didn't tell you that. You worked for the dark side as I know, well. Yeah. I know, yeah. I went to work for the dark side. I understand if you turn off now, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, but I worked with Ryan um, over there at Featherstone and I, I can honestly say that the respect that he garners from a, from a group and and that kind of Featherstone group at the time had quite big characters in and some experienced players, um, Cameron King, Dane Chisholm in his pump, yeah. um, really strong players um, who kind of strong characters yeah I mean Chisholm has had his issues maybe at other clubs rubbing people the wrong way but I yeah. feel like the way that Ryan Carr kind of commanded a dressing room and commanded mm-hmm. respect you could see it in training and stuff yeah. um, I'd have personally and I, I've said it for just about every Super League job and you'll you'll back me up on this I think that Ryan Carr's a great coach and I'm absolutely not surprised that he has, has been given the reins at the Dragons even in an interim yeah. kind of basis and I wouldn't be shocked if he's not an NRL coach in the next sort of two, three years if he doesn't potentially get this Dragons job. Yeah, I mean Super League clubs might have missed the boat in that. I think that, so. That's a real thing. He might have kind of skipped that step. I did wonder whether he was going to get one because he was over with France for the World Cup. Yeah, he was. So I did wonder with, with him coming over and obviously when Aussie coaches come over especially when it's not for one of the Pacific side you think, oh, 
Is he still liking it over here? Yeah. I did wonder whether there'd be that. Uh, whether he'd go a certain way for Super League, but alas, it was Andy Lass again. We kind of knew that was kind of the agreement in place yeah. anyway. Um, I didn't I didn't mind the mention of Danny Ward, I must say, no. when that, that was thrown up as well. I thought he did a fantastic job uh, with London. Um, Incredible. Incredible job at London, and I think... Yeah, um, he beat us on the side, didn't he, London? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, fantastic on the side. And it? I'm shocked that no other clubs sort of jumped at the chance to give him a, a job. Yeah, um, especially when he's when he kind of reached out to say he was yes. looking for a way back in yeah. as well. Maybe he wants to go a little bit lower down and then work his way back up again because he's had a bit of time out of the game. He's been doing a lower level rugby union, yeah. hasn't he? But he's certainly got a good rugby brain. The thing that impressed me about him as well was obviously he was a kind of a, he was a prop forward, wasn't he? Yeah. He was kind of an aggressive prop mm-hmm. forward as a player. But that's not the way London played. London no. played with some real kind of silk and. Oh, they were so that's what you kind of you kind of want that balance, don't you? You, do. you want you want that attacking style of play, but also someone who you're not going to you know say two words to. Like, I, th- yeah. I think a very smart move were bringing Craig Lingard in. Yes, I think yes. having him, obviously, I know at a part time level, but he's had a head coach experience with Batley for a number of years and and uh, Keithley before that. Yeah, he's he's done it for sort of a number of years. I think he's a well respected coach in and around the game. Mm. And I think bringing him in to give that support to Andy Last is is great. And I know he's got Scott Morell there, who is yeah. a is a character himself, and he'll be bringing that sort of good feeling to the the club as well. Yeah. Um. So I think bringing sort of a nice little support system in and around Andy Last is the best best way forward, really. Yeah, and I think you talked about yourself in terms of like lacking ideas and attack. I actually do think, and I can't really knock Andy Last for this. Obviously, the decision's been made to bring Lingard in. It didn't happen straight away. It happened after a few weeks. That's proactive for me. That is, well, I guess it is reactive in a sense, but mm. I think there's an acceptance that actually he probably is more of a defensive-minded coach. As I said, the defence has yeah. improved structurally. Um, I think he's admitted himself, actually, no, my idea for the attack certainly isn't going to work with these players, so let's try something a little bit different. And thing with Lingard he's been in what maybe three weeks yeah. it's going to take maybe two three months oh, before absolutely. we actually see it it's going, we're not going to see anything there till the end of the season you can't just instantly go in there and change all the structures that have been there for 18 months it's it's not as easy as that no. so I do think we will reap the benefits of that absolutely um, eventually and I think that was generally a smart generally a smart move from from Andy Last so gone around the hours a little bit on that one yeah. um, but obviously <laughs> we're going to do it because the fact of the matter is we know he's here to the end of the year he will be it's just well I guess I guess that's the DEFCON one, isn't it? I guess there is the DEFCON one scenario where Wakefield win four in a row. Yeah. And then you're there with six games to play. We've still not won a game since then. They've beat us at Bellevue. That's probably the only moment where we change. Where they'll... I mean, there'll be no one going games, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the club are genuine... I really, really, really hope it doesn't get to that point because it, no one wins in that situation where the board will just be have to make a move. And then... Would it be Lingard? But even then, would that be enough? you'd probably need someone complete from the outside. That's a real, real challenge. Um, so, as I said last week, I, the squad ultimately is the issue. We just have to kind of grind. We've got to grind a little bit this year and just hope that um, they can put it together. And would I prefer someone being a little bit more, as I said, iron fisty, I suppose, <laughs> in the changing rooms or, you know, in the review and stuff? Yes, but you, you can't, you can't, you know. You can't change a bloke to you can't force a bloke to change his entire tank character, and even if you tried, it's not going to work. They're just going to see straight through it. Um, the other counterpoint to this, which I thought about earlier, imagine we'd gone a different direction. Bear in mind, Andy Last at the end of the day is still England assistant coach. Imagine we'd not give Andy Last the job 
and we're in the same situation with a different coach. Yeah. How silly would the club have then? Exactly. It's that it's that it's that hindsight thing, isn't it? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Everyone in the league would be going, "You had a last right there. Why did you not give him the gig?" It, it's it's a tricky one. It is a really really tricky one. Um, which brings me on to the final question of the Q and A before we get onto our feature. Uh, very very quick from Danny Tonks. Who would you like to see as head coach next season? The answer is Andy Last because ultimately that means we've stayed up. <laughs> that is it. I want to see Andy Last at least for two three months next year with the squad we're about to virtually put together then then we judge him then we judge him fully I think it's Andy Last's job as you say until at least midpoint next year because at that point yeah. you can officially say that this is his team yes with the amount of players we've got off contract and the amount of recruitment that he can potentially do you can officially say that it's Andy Last's team mm-hmm. you can make an argument for this team is not his yeah, he's, yeah he's kind of been left with what he's got, which is probably a disservice to some of the players that's in the team. Um, he's kind of just been left, as you put it earlier, dealt a hand that he is not favourable at all. Yeah, I, I know people like to throw him and Rafford just in the same yeah. in the same bracket, but I mean, th- I mean, we've seen it. There's players that Andy Last picks that Rafford didn't, and vice yeah. versa. So yeah. it's, it, they have their own ideas. It's not just that they were a complete package and they just picked the squad. Mm. It's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as that. The perfect no. example would be. Jason Gary Gary and Elliot Wallace. Yeah. They go two completely different directions of that one. Yeah. There's a reason Elliot Wallace was at Hold Up was that whole Lockers game. Yeah. It's because Bradford didn't fancy him. It's completely different Andy Last. Well I guess we'll probably get to that in the in the next section, yes. but people have their opinions on that. So in terms of head coach next season, look, idealistically, you want Andy Last in there because he keeps Cass up in that scenario. You Absolutely. give him a chance with his squad, and then who knows? And then who knows? Right then, let's get into it. Thank you very much for those questions. We're going to get into building the 2024 squad to the best of our ability. Uh, well, at least the first 17, and then we'll talk about, yes, we'll uh, talk about the rest. our reserves, quote-unquote, as well. The perfect place to start with this is those off-contract players. We've got plenty of them. Obviously, a few have left the club already. We've lost three. Um, so we're going to run through the list. First and foremost, uh, we'll do the players that we don't know. <laughs> in terms of getting a contract next season, the yes. RFL did release a list mm-hmm. at the beginning of May. Basically, it was split into various categories. The only person we know he's definitely gone out of that list was Carl McClelland. Yep. He's definitely not been offered the deal. There was a list of players that have been offered the deal. We don't know how good those deals are. Mm-hmm. And there's also a players uh, list, which was essentially, we just don't know. Uh, we're not sure either way whether the club have offered the deal or not, but they're all technically off contract in the year. Liam Watts. We'll start with Liam. What we should do, just kind of quick fire-ish, we'll go through keep, sell. I've got keep on Watsy. One-year deal, short term. I think we'll come on to it in a little bit. The forward market, especially the prop market, is a little bit thin. Very thin. Um, I think Watsy's had some good games. Disciplinary issues are a problem. Mm. If he can tighten those up even just a little bit, I think he's a great person to have as that sort of bench forward or that first one on rotation yeah I'm I'm a little on the fence with Watsy I'll be honest I am a little bit on the fence I think I want him here if he wants to be yeah I think ultimately that's what it is I think if he's committed because I think it would be his final Super League game for sure there's an argument this one might be we don't Mm. know if he can commit to the club if he can see the signings coming in if he can see this project and and says I want to help you start that yeah and I want to fully commit because I know he's got things outside of the game as well, which yes. is absolutely fair enough, and so he should. If he's going to give us full commitment, 
then I'm okay with one year deal. And ideally, maybe a little bit less money because I know he'll be on quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a great... The thing is, he's a salary cap issue. There's a few of those. That's... He'll be on a lot of crap. So you know. My idea is that probably what's... He's, he's a very smart person. Yes. Um, he will know what's coming. He will know that his next deal is, will definitely be his last. Yes. Um, especially if it's going to be a Super League one. I think he'll know in his body and his, his, his mind he's probably got one year maybe stretch it to two if he can mm. find a gig um, but he'll have to take less money for yeah. to stay within Super League yeah, for sure I think the way he's played as well and I don't think he'd mind us saying this like the, you know he's, he's all action isn't he yeah. it, to me his body is not old enough as well as some other you look at Chris Hill who's got a new two year deal yeah. he's about three or four years older than yeah. William Watts he looks in better nick when he comes on doesn't he let's be fair he's Absolutely. just and I think it's but Chris Will is a different kind of player. Yeah. Liam Watts is like he's all action, his aggression, yeah. and that takes its toll. Mm-hmm. If he fancies it, he can stay for another year for me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that one. I'm happy with that one. Here's an interesting one. Niall Evelts, who, with the caveat, has a one-year option. So yes. basically we get first refusal on Niall Evelts yeah. next season. But he is technically out of contract. Where do you where do you stand on this one? I'm letting Niall walk. I think as a player, he's a very good and exciting player. The issue is getting him on that field, and we've seen over the last sort of couple of years, his body just seems to be breaking down, and from what I hear, it's it's mostly his upper body as well, mm. um, which is not normally. Is it currently a bicep? I think? I think it's a bicep injury, which is not normally something you see go for somebody of his caliber. That's not that's thought of as a a bit of a speedster. It's normally kind of his lower legs and yeah. that go up, not his upper body. So. I think he's a great player to have around the club and I think he's he's putting some good performances. But I don't think we've seen the best of him in a Casper Tigers shirt. Absolutely not. No. In now in unfortunately, which he came over from Salford with big raps. I mean he was he either was a dream team player or he was borderline. It was certainly up there and kind yeah. of knocking on England contention in terms of fullback. Um did he get an England squad, I think, with Cass? I don't know if he got a cap. Uh, but he, I, he was certainly knocking on the door of England yeah. early doors but yeah, yeah injuries have scuppered him and yeah he, he just he, he doesn't look like the player we signed no. unfortunately it's just not quite worked and no unfortunately he's won and I, I can't I was probably quite abrasive on the recruitment last week in terms of what we've done over the last six years he's one I understood yes he, he's a, one of the big money ones where I don't think anyone in a you know, with a cast hat on went that's a bad sign I think we all were excited yes. by that one and went do you know what he's about the right age it's a lot of money but you understand it he's had a great year from Salford mm. uh, he was up there on the try scoring charts I think as well when he was yeah. in Salford uh, I remember pulling off that great try saver against us as well in, in the, the playoffs yeah I mean he was a player an absolute player and yeah we've just not seen the best of him he got his win with try he got a Lance Todd which yeah. you, you got a Lance Todd <laughs> for Cass uh, not many people can say that um but yeah, again, because we signed him at his pomp, he's had that one contract. I assume there's something in the option which means the money can't drop that far. Yeah. If it can drop at all, mm. it'll be a fair it'll be a fair bit of money. And I don't think he's adding the value because no. you've got to look at this from a kind of money ball perspective. The money he's on, I think you can have a player on less of money doing the same job at the moment, and that's a shame. But that's where we're at on our levels. I agree. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be bringing him back next season, and he, he could have a resurgence for another Super League club. I imagine he will get a Super League gig somewhere yeah. else. But, yeah, not for me. Not not with the players I think we need to be looking at and maybe we've already got in the squad. Nathan Massey, I'll start with this one. It's, it's the same as Watsy, really, I think. Um, if he wants if he wants it, um, maybe a reduced one-year deal. If not, I'm not sure where he'd go, 
to be honest, he, he might be one that looks at maybe championship even. Mm-hmm. He, I, don't get me wrong, I think he'd be a top, top player in the championship. Or he's, a, he's a top player in the championship or just one of those kind of, I mean, we're a lesser Super League team, let's be honest. <laughs> I was going to say lesser Super League team. At the moment. We're 11th. Um, but yeah, it's more due to the actual market of forwards at the minute and kind of consistent players or at least you know what you're going to get from Nathan Massey where you might not from certain players. So if you can get him on a reduced one year, then I'm okay for it. But again, we know obviously he's got his business of Adam Milner, who's obviously moved on as well. Obviously mm-hmm. they were good mates. If he's thinking more about that, then maybe see you later. But if, if he's committed, and obviously he's a cast lad, he's, you know, he's played X amount of games, testimonial, all that, then fair enough. The first person I had down to re-sign, Nathan Massey. Okay. Interesting. Because I think from... A culture point of view. Yeah, that's probably big to be fair. If you're looking to reignite that culture of what it's like to be Cass, mm. why don't have somebody that's been here all his career? That's true. That's true. And somebody like Massey, he, he's a very good person to have around the dressing room. Um, I think his performances haven't really dropped. I think I, a, a lot of people maybe give Massey a lot of undue criticism because he's not that big barreling forward that's going to bump four people off and run yeah. half at field one thing I will say about him is opposition speak very highly of Milton. Yeah, defensively I think we look a far better team with Nathan Massey on the field than we, when he's off mm. and I've found myself at certain points this season watching him come back on the field thinking thank god Massey's back on because he'll bring some stability in that middle yeah. um, I, I rate Nathan very highly and I think as a one year deal he's obviously getting up there yeah. unfortunately with age I think he's 33 probably in that age bracket now where it will be a one year deal and it, is, it will probably be again his last one And but you spoke about it then again the replacements aren't really overly there it's, it's not a, a huge market to no. be going out there and trying to find for prop forwards which we could potentially need if we let all these people go um, so Nave's definitely one that I'd, I'd keep around fair enough fair enough right let's wrap through this a little bit yep. I've got th- well Four three quarters to go through now. Uh, in terms of this list, we don't know whether they're offered a deal. We start with Jordan Turner. Um, it's a no from me. Uh, the Jordan Turner. Um, I think he's putting some great performances in the cash shirt. Unfortunately, we didn't see much of him last season. The season before that, he was superb. I thought the twenty twenty one season, he was great. One of our better players. One of our better players. Pivotable, pivotable to the uh, Challenge Cup run. Yep. He was fantastic. Like I say, missed most of last year. Uh, unfortunate for him because I think he might have had a chance at the World Cup for Jamaica yeah. um, he looks too old to me unfortunately he's one of those players he's just just a little bit too long the tooth and do you know what fair play to him he's had a heck of a career he's yeah. had an unbelievable career I mean he played half back in a Super League on final Jordan yeah. Turner yeah. I mean he's, he's had an unbelievable career and I think at this point probably by his own admission at the end of the year as well it might have been one too far it looks like John Turner might be looking more at sort of hanging the hanging his boots up at the end of the I've season. I've noticed him doing quite a bit of punditry and comp yeah. and stuff like that, and he's good at it. So, he's very good. Yes. So I think he's been great for us over the last few years. Probably a good culture player as well, in fairness. Yes. Yeah. And um, but I think he's had a great career. He's obviously had his testimonial as well. He's got rewarded with that. Mm. Um, but he's had a great career, and I think it's just maybe unfortunately time for him to. Yeah. Move on, especially from Castleford. Yeah, one too far, I think. One yeah. too far. Uh, Beretta Ferraimo. 
I've I've got Beretta leaving the club. Another one that's going out out the door. I think with him being a quota spot, he's getting up there again with age. Um, I think it's just maybe a little bit of a different direction we need to go in. Um, I think we've seen this year there's been a couple of opportunities maybe where a pacier winger may have done you're, a little you're, bit You're more. telling me. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely a few, few of those situations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not narrowing down the issues, but obviously I'm diving into touch, trying to score the try against St. Helens. It, it was less than ideal. <laughs> not his finest moment. No. Um, but I think he's another one that's had a great career. Yeah. Um, and I think he's he's done a job. And I think out of the list of players that people might have gripes with, he's he's one that does a job. Mm. I just think for where we maybe want to go, looking forward, is. At that wrong age, he's the wrong side of thirty. Is is maybe time to move yeah. him on? Yeah, you, he's one of those. I would personally struggle to give a thirty-three-year-old better for Imo another year uh, or another two years, potentially what he'd ask for, which would be well within his rights to do so. Yeah. Um, you probably would at that stage of his career for a bit of security as well. Yeah. Um, he's on that list of players we don't know, so he's not definitely being offered a contract. I do think he's one that'll move on. Um. Is he? <laughs> Do you know what? He's, he's the one I've struggled with the most out of this list, to be honest. Because I, I would let him go, because mm-hmm. I agree, and I, I've got the list in front of me of the squad you're about to lay out, and there needs to be a clear movement to younger yeah. players. There clearly does. And like yes. I say, a 33-year-old winger, at the grand, I mean, you, you can have a 33-year-old winger if they have the pace they had when they were 27, mm-hmm. and Brett Framo does not. Didn't have that much pace at 27, no. if we're being brutally honest. And the way the game's going, you need that. I mean, you yeah. look around the league. I mean, if he's going to be up against a T Ritz or something like that, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's all she wrote. It's all she wrote. Um, I think he's the one out of this list that we're saying is going to leave that has the most chance of staying. I agree. Um, so I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he does no. get a deal. No. But personally, I'd say no. I think it's tough with so many players off contract to yes. replace every single one of them. Absolutely. And to be fair, I think for him, I think Brett is generally, like I said, the only thing you can really say about him is he's too slow. Yeah. Which is not his fault. I think within his means, I think he's actually not had a bad year. No. I think he's actually done a job and his, uh, his backfield carries especially are excellent. Um, yeah, I, I would like <laughs> a change of direction there. But yeah, 100%. Other than players, I think he's won. The club might keep around, but again, quote a spot you say, I, I'd probably look to move on, I think, and kind of be a more of a blank slate. I think there's got to be a bit of ruthlessness. I talked about it last week. You need a little bit of ruthlessness in these kind of 50 50 situations. Mm. Let's not err on the side of caution. Um, Alex Sutcliffe is the next one. I believe Alex has got a two two year option. There I believe he's option. got option yes. for 2024 and 2025. Yes. Um, I've got him staying around. I've got us exercising those options on him. Um, I think he's a, a very strong defender. Um, I think he's very unlucky, obviously, this week to have been gone out to mm. Halifax. I, I saw a few people saying that um, he's been one of our better performers, and I can agree with that when he's been playing. Um, I found a spot for him within the squad for next season. Um, I think he's still a young person. He's still 24, which I had a friend of mine um, earlier on today saying, oh, he's under 30. And he went, yeah, he's 24. Well, he's 24. He was well, like, wow, yeah. I thought he were older than that. He's one of those sort of yeah. sneaky players that have been around a little while and you think that are mm. older than what they are. Um, I think Alex Sutcliffe's only going to kind of continue to develop at the club. 
and I think he'll be relatively cheap as well, which which is the other thing. That yes. two year option, you're not you're not breaking the bank on a player like Sutcliffe. You and shouldn't be. You've at least got someone a bit dependable there. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, the thing is, the money you take. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate how much he's on, but the money you do, you gain from letting him go, you, you're not getting a sure thing with that cash. So you're better off just giving someone just giving something you kind of know what you're yeah. getting. I think so. Yeah, I'd probably keep Sutty around. I think yeah. certainly if he wants to. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting one based on what you just said uh, Mahe Fanua you mentioned about Sutcliffe someone saying to you um, oh is he under 30 he's 24 yeah. uh, Mahe Fanua could be 38 in some people's <laughs> eyes he's 30 years old yeah. Mahe Fanua which is yeah. insane I, 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 in my head he's at least 35 he's, he's been around for time. around 25 years I think he's a long 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 time in the game Mahe Fanua um, he's been old for 70 yeah. years he's only 30 um, however again with this one um, I don't want to say him and Freimer a package deal, but they kind of came together. Yeah, like, they, they almost seem it. Uh, obviously, they're on they the whole, they're on the whole they edge do. together. I struggle to see Fenua getting another deal because, again, I imagine he's on quite a bit of money. There. Yeah, I I agree. I see I see Fenua moving on. I think it's um, to a point where we can maybe find better options. You'd like to, I think he's given us what he could offer, hasn't he? Yes, yeah. point. I think he's his pace that he, any pace that he did have has, has kind of gone away as well. I, I never want to see the first two minutes of that cup game again. No. <laughs> and again, it's not his fault. It's just what it... I think Jamie Jones, Jamie Jones Buchanan on analysis at half-time kind of said he should do better. I'm like, what, what's he going to do? Get new legs? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mean, you, can, you can only be as quite, as fast as you can be. You know what I mean? I, I kind of felt for him in that situation. But yeah, it's the Ferrimo situation. Nowadays, you need pace. You need pace. And I mean, you've just passed me your phone. Whole care, I've just signed Oliver Gildart. That's a pacey centre. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with players yeah. like that and I don't think yeah. was quite there. Surprisingly, Oliver Gildart, not one player I had assigned and so it's uh, not no. it's not ruined my, my not, squad for 2024. Affected, not affected the list. Um, three more, we can go three quicker ones in terms of this list. Yeah. Uh, Sui Matangi, do you know what? I actually think he's put on quite well when he's come on this year and he's been one of them effort players for me. Um, however, I don't think he'd even expect a new contract next year. He's 35 years old now but we're not bringing him back at 36. Yeah. Um, I like Sui a lot actually. He's, he's had his, he's had his um, quite a few people are quite down on him yeah. on Matangi. Um, I've not seen that so much, especially in the last few months. I think don't get me wrong, he's only going to give you twenty minutes, but for those twenty minutes, he's certainly showing a lot more energy than some out there. Yeah, uh, so I can't fault him for that, but I think that's because he knows it's his, it's his last one. Yeah, I, I like Matangi. He's, he's he's done some really good jobs, and as you say, especially the last few weeks when we've been uh, a lot of people have been critical of the team. I think he's been really a, a, a solid performer. Yeah. Um, I think it, the effort has been there. Yeah. I think that's the key word with Matagi, his effort. Um, it's just down to age. Yeah. 100%. What he offers sort of minutes-wise, It's do you carry him? Yeah, with a quarter spot as well. Yeah. You, you cannot carry a quarter spot for a 36-year-old next year. Not you really. can't. I mean, we say the props market, the prop market's light, but yeah. you've got to pray there's someone <laughs> you can put in that spot for, for cheaper and not using a quarter spot. Um, the next one is actually someone who could take his spot in a sense mm. in the squad who we've just not seen in a cash shirt yet yeah. who was on this list but I'd be amazed if we don't give him a deal uh, it's Kieran Hudson a uh, lad from the North East we signed him from Whitehaven uh, went on loan at Whitehaven I believe yeah. last year part of the reason I think why we had the friendly yeah. pre-season there uh, unfortunately did and I think it was either an Achilles or an ACL I forget but he was out for the year a nasty one uh, a nasty one obviously you cross your fingers and hope he's going to come yeah. back and full, uh, make full fitness uh, and, and contribute next year uh, very well thought of mm. um, Kieran Hudson is around the right age young yeah. young kind of early 20s uh, big lad 
could be the answer to some prayers. I'm not going to say he's going to go and get the right shirt, but in terms of kind of that rotational prop we need, uh, he actually could be a really good option next year should he make full recovery. So I think mm. he absolutely gets a deal, and that's yeah. going to be a feature for a lot of the young lads, isn't it? Yes, yeah, a lot of these young lads. Um, we can throw Jake. We can throw Jake Buckham in there yeah, during this one. As yeah, we'll because... talk about him as well. It, it, I mean, Jake Buckham made his debut recently. In the cup, yeah. A lot of reps, on, a lot of raps on him playing in the reserves. I've seen a lot of yeah. people praise his performances, and Hudson as well. A lot of talk, sort of coming out of training camp and pre-season, was that this kid's going to be somewhat good and somewhat mm. special, um, and could potentially turn into a really nice Super League player. Yeah. Um, just injuries, unfortunately, has kind of hampered him this year, and I think it, you perfectly put it. It could be that sort of rotational prop forward. He, he might play five to ten games next year in his development. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. I yeah. Wouldn't be shocked to see him sort of in them, them reserves games and we spoke about Joel Reg, whether or not he goes out there gets more experience sort of in the championship and things like that Yeah, but I could see him being in and around the squad next year yeah and I think long term we've kind of seen Sam Hall kindly st- starting to finally yeah. kind of hit that uh, not his potential I think he's way off that mm. but he's starting to get his wraps now Sam Hall as well I thought he played very well in the cup he's looking like a real good player he's starting to come on isn't he really starting to come on you can kind of feel Hudson could fill that spot just below Sam Hall and then go on the same kind of trajectory in the next couple of years ideally that's the way you want I think we've still probably got two or three years before the academy starts kicking kids out that's just that's just the way it is because you know I mean the academy's getting some flack I've seen that I mean because of the results currently we've only been in the academy for I think it's less than a year Mm. I don't know. I don't know why people are expecting this current crop to be good. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the, this current crop have been signed. They've been there for the last three or four years from fifteen, but they were signed under the regime that wasn't working. Yes, they've, they've the elite been... academy is coming. The elite yeah. academy has been there for a year, so it's now this next generation yes. being signed this year. You can expect to be good. Spoiler: They're all sixteen. It's yeah, going to take, take a little while. So in the meantime, it's good that we've got a few kids knocking around and. Yeah. Look, they might not be real beaters, they might, but who knows? You give them a chance. You give them a chance at the very least. There is some young lads knocking about. You look at Sam Hall, you look at Brad Martin. Yeah. And I think those 100%. two are the real standouts this season that when they have played, they've really um, put their hand up and yeah. put a shift in. And I think we said a few days ago that I'd have them playing every single game for the rest of the season now. Let's every game they're fit, they've got 14, 15 games left. Let's I'll be, I'll be throwing them in. Let's bed them in. Let's get them some real good Super League experience. 100%. Uh, just before we get to your actual 1-17, let's talk about the players that have been offered a deal by the club. This is a definite because it's on the RFL list. We don't know what level of deal. We don't know if it's a £1, we don't know if it's £100,000, <laughs> but it is some kind of offer on the table. I think we can throw three of them all in at the same time. And Bailey Dawson, Moise Mustafa uh, and Mafai, Ilkay Mafai, who we've not seen in the first no. team, but he hasn't been playing the reserves. Mm-hmm. They've all been offered a deal. For me, that means they're seeing something. They're seeing something in the week. Uh, I love Mustafa. You know what? If he was five inches taller, he'd yep. be an absolute world beater. I, I feel for Absolutely. him. But again, we talk about effort. He's got it. What I really liked about Mustafa the other day as well, because I think half the battle at the minute, which is really sad, but half the battle at the minute is people wanting to play for Cass and wanting to play for Cass going yeah. forward. Yeah. Discussed it earlier. Um, he was asked by James Dayton when he was on media duty last week, how's it looking for next year kind of thing. He seems like a really nice kid as well, you can mm. tell. And his, his entire thing was just like, making sure Lasty knows I want to be here and like putting the best foot forward for Lasty. Yeah. That tells me he wants to be not just have a contract next year, he wants to have a contract at Cass. Yeah. And I like that. That's what you want. Uh Bailey Dawson again, we've not seen the first team. Any of those honestly, anyone under the age of about twenty three, yeah. I'm giving him a deal. Absolutely. Giving him a deal for next year. Which brings us to the three who have been offered a deal, who are kind of the veteran players. 
uh, the players in the first team currently. George Lawler, first and foremost. Yeah, I think George Lawler is a bit of an interesting one. I've got us keeping him around. He's yes. he's twenty seven. He he can fill a number of different roles. We've seen him play prop. We've seen him play second row. We've seen him play hooker quite a bit this season. Probably it'd be, it'd be, ni- it'd be nice. Probably too much. <laughs> yeah, with all the will in the world and fair play to him for putting his hand up and doing it. I hope we never see him hooker again. No, and that's not a knock on him. No, I, I, I just want to give him a run. Yeah, just a run of games. I want to see. Him, I want to see him as a as a front rower as the player we signed from Mulcair. Yes, after that season, because again, he was almost not quite the same level as when we signed Evels or anything like mm. that. But he was an exciting signing. Yeah. Yeah. When Paul he had a great year at Mulcair. An unbelievable year. And there's no reason, really, if he can get the players around him and a, and a pack that's rolling why he mm-hmm. can't get back to that level at the age of 27, 28 next year. I think, Lolly, you give a two year deal, at least, I think. Yeah. I think he's one of the main pieces that we build as pack around for the yes. next sort of two, three He can be years. a veteran piece, guys. Yes. Because you might have Massey for another year. Yeah. And um, potentially Watts in there as well. Yeah. But he's one that you're going to have there for two, three years. Absolutely. You've got him and probably Alex Miller as well, obviously, in, yeah. in the back row. But yeah, I think Lolly, you absolutely keep around. And again, again, it's probably not his fault because he's had to be here, there and everywhere and probably not put his best foot forward because mm. he's not had the chance to. He's probably not going to have some massive pay rise no. either. <laughs> that helps. That helps. You're not. He's not yeah. a player who's going to have to give 30 grand more because no. the performances haven't been quite been there. Mm. So you can keep him around for affordable enough. Um, I'm going to miss him out. I'm going to go Joe Westerman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Joe Westerman first. I um, I think he's going to be here next year. I think he will be as well. I think he probably retires a cast player. Yeah. I, I think it, it's... We love a story in sports. It, yes. It's very poetic to have him finish his career at Cass. Um, I think this year he's been probably, again, a good... One of the top performers. Yeah. I think he has had some down games, but so has everybody. Yeah. But I think consistency-wise, he, he's been one of the better players. I think he's, he, you can see he sticks his hand up. He's played half. Yeah. And to be fair, looked quite good at it. But we all know about his ball playing he's ability. Ball player, um, and I think when you're looking at sort of building a culture, we go back to that sort of thought process. You obviously keeping Massey around for it. You've got Joe Westerman who was brought up in the cast. Obviously, he's been around a few different places, but he was brought up in that mm. cast culture and that cast mentality. Um, and obviously, he's come back and he's, he's going to save save us. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. No, uh, I think he, he, he's the perfect person to have around. I've seen a few people calling for him to be captain. I don't think you do that. Uh, no. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't think you can do that. And I, mean, I don't. I, mean, I think. Um, yeah, I, I'm right. I, I'm going to put my PR head, PR head yes. on here. Um, probably not for the no. best. And I think <laughs> I'll be honest. I think Joe will even turn around and say, "I don't think I should be captain." Yes, I think that's avoid that. I, yeah. I, you don't need to. You don't no. need to do that. No. By any means. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a next year. Um, I, I, I there was rumours. I think of a two year deal flying around. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he signed a two year deal. No, that'll, that'll be him. I wouldn't. Um, Obviously, he's gone into his 400th game uh, yeah. against Leeds. Which is huge. It's incredible. Isn't it? uh, incredibly long career. I mean, obviously, I think he debuted in 2007, I, I want to say. I think he was 16, wasn't he? When he debuted uh, 16, 16, 17. One well, of our youngest ever players, yeah. obviously, was phenomenal. Obviously, um, made a debut in the National League, I think. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal that year. And obviously, it's a shame we couldn't keep him when we could. It was mm. surely a money issue. Yep. Um, you know, he could have well been playing, he could have well played 400 games for the cast if things yeah. had gone a different way. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think he's going to stay because I also noticed that he's played 16 less games for Cast than he's played for Hull. And I think part of him being a Cast lad, I think he'll want to finish with more Cast mm, games to his name <laughs> than Hull. And that probably means he needs another year. Um, but yeah, I think West will be here next year. And I think, again, kind of a culture player. And again, 
as I said earlier, he's one of them that you can see clear effort. He'll be in next season. I'm convinced. Which brings us to Greg Eden. Yes. Who has an option. He has an option. I believe for the next year, uh, for one more year. Um, I'm going to let you take the floor for this one. <laughs> You're going to let me um, stick my neck out, aren't you? Yeah, I hope you're listening to Tigers Community Forum. I'm going to say. I personally would let Greg Eden walk away. I think at the age he's now, 32, I think the big cry out is for younger. I think he's had a, a couple of, quite a, well, quite a few niggly leg injuries. I mean, he's currently injured. And he's currently, exactly, he's currently out. Yeah. Um, the argument I po- posed to you earlier on, and I think it's quite an apt com- uh, comparison, is would you have wanted us to sign Tom Briscoe last year, hmm. who is very similar in age, obviously coming off a career at Leeds Rhinos yeah. at that age of sort of 32, 33? Hmm. I wouldn't have been shouting the house down for him, no. if, if, I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I mean, this is another. This is one, I mentioned it for Imo earlier, I think we will sign Eden next. I, I, I'd be very surprised if he's not here next year. To be honest, I think I think we will pick up the option. And obviously, he's on this list. He yeah. has been offered a deal. Um, I don't know where he'd go elsewhere. I mean, he, he could he could run off in the championship and score forty tries. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I mean, if he can stay on the field, he's always going to score tries with those players. But yes, I mentioned to you earlier in terms of replacement for him. Um, I had it in my head that Adam Swift was about twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam Swift, I noticed was. He's 30, so he's probably 31 going next year. And I instantly turned up my nose a bit. Yeah. Even though I like Adam Swift as a player, and I think he'd be kind of like for like. Yeah. I think that says it all. Yeah. I think that kind of says it all. In terms of what we want to do with this squad going forward, we clearly need to drag the average age down. Yeah. This is where I can pull my stat out. Start of the season, Hull, first game. So that is near enough your best best 17 so what, or Radford's best 17 what you would say is yeah the average age was 30 30.7 the way I did my math so about 30 and a half mm. which is insanely Incredible. high insanely high and that team because Eden wasn't fit that game yeah. so it was Mamo on the wing who's 28 yeah. compared to Eden's 32 so it actually would have been higher yeah. I think it might have been 31 insanely high I mean I, I talked about mismanagement of the cap last mm. week y- you can't go into a season with an average age of 30 you yeah. really really can't um, I've done the maths as well on your squad which we'll get into a second it does co- drop considerably Yeah, this is a player who's got to be a part of that I think yeah. I think he's got to be a part of that you've got the injury prone aspects you've got the fact he's going to pop probably 33 next season Yeah, he's been a wonderful servant to the club he's got a, a million tries oh, don't get me wrong so many key part of 2017 obviously Incredible. and 2018 he's got a hell of a lot of tries in that left edge but again there's got to be an element of ruthlessness you can't, yeah. you can't be romantic about it otherwise we're in the same boat again all you do if you sign all these players is you just push it another year down yeah. the line and you're going to have to face it eventually and you'd rather them be 32 when you kick them out on 33. Yeah. It's as simple as that. This is my ruthless one. This is the one that I yes. know will divide opinions. Yes. Um, and I, I can look and say, yes, he's scored so many tries for us. When he's on the field, it's more than likely he will score. Mm. He puts himself into some great positions. I don't see him having that sort of ruthless edge anymore. And I've seen him play, say, fullback this year, and maybe almost looking for that try rather than the pass. Mm. At fullback, he's definitely not an option for me. Um, no, he's on the wing, and I think then it becomes his defensive frailties a little bit. And um, again, you've got to throw the cap issue in there, which he yeah. won't be. He won't be cheap. No, because the thing is that when you've got a player who's been there, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years. 
there's a rolling effect because mm-hmm. he was picking up more and more contracts. Yep. And let's be honest, they weren't taking less of money. No. He'll be on a fair crack and you can definitely bring a player into that position on a lot cheaper, a lot younger. And <laughs> without being ruthless about it, if you're playing well enough, yeah. your left side winger is going to score some yeah. tries. Maybe not as many, maybe not quite as many as absolute pomp, but you'd like to think you can bring a winger in who can score as many tries mm. as the 33-year-old winger if you, if the rest of the team's playing yeah. as well. Because ultimately, you're not scoring by yourself. Mm. Not at all. But, yeah, are we ready to move on? To... We are, we are. We'll, we'll let people just de-stress after that one. <laughs> I imagine that'll have ruffled a few feathers. So... Let's go into your 17 then. So you put this together last night. Uh, I've got it in front of me. Uh, there's some interesting names here. Um, just a few caveats on this. Uh, we've not mentioned Albert Vete. That's because he's actually on contract to the minute. He's got another year or two. Mm. We are caveating this with the fact we can get him off the deal. <laughs> I mean, with all due respect to Albert, it's not worked. It's not worked it? out. It's not worked. And I don't know how easy it will be to get him off that deal. No. I don't know how comfortable he is just sitting on it. I hope he's not. I hope he's got a little bit more. If he's not going to be part of plans, I hope he's not going to be one of them players who's just going to go, well, I'm just going to sit on my yeah. ass for a year. Um, it, it's clearly not worked. So the caveat is Albert Vete would be off the cap for this, which is a high earner and a quota spot. Um, any other caveats? Um, we've kind of used names that we've been linked to, first and foremost. Yes. Obviously, there are kind of four or five names in there that have been discussed by you know people in the know. I hate that word, but... It's, it's your Matt Shaw's of the world, your Aaron Bowers of the world who have named these players. and Very respected journalists that are they, around. They do know. Look at last year. We knew every signing for it came yeah. through. They, they do know because rugby league's a very small sport. People talk. It's very rare that they get it wrong. Yeah. So we point. have certainly looked at those players first and foremost and yes. kind of fit them in. Um, but there are a couple of names here I had not even heard of yesterday. So Adam's certainly done his homework on this one. We will start with Bullback. Yes. So, fullback were an interesting one that I looked at. I, I think it's a very key position going into next year over who is our fullback. Mm. I think you put a poll out a couple of weeks ago. And Gareth Widdop won it. Gareth Widdop won it. And surprisingly, Gareth Widdop's not my choice for fullback. No, he wouldn't have been mine either. And I respect everyone who voted for Gareth Widdop, and I get it, but he is going to be 35. Yes. I don't think he's got the legs to play fullback. No, and he doesn't have the shoulder because it's no. I mean, he didn't have Warrington, unfortunately. I think you had him five years ago, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. But not I don't. a 35 year old. Plus, and again, kind of other, since the word caveat a lot, but the thing with this squad as well, which we should really get out there, is this is not a squad we're building to win the league next year. Not at all. Again, episode one kind of covered all this. This is a year one squad mm. of a kind of three, four year project. That's what it is. We're not going to be content at the top and we need to just accept that. Mm. There's no point putting a 35 year old Gareth Wood at fullback. This is just not. This is the reset year. Yes. I think yes. this is where we need to reset, maybe get a few more bodies in that can play different positions mm-hmm. and see where they can fit in and see if we can get a player out of maybe a, a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one thing your squad does. I think yeah. it does leave a little wiggle, uh, wiggle room. So yeah. I think it'll become clear when you name the entire 17. Yes. There would be a little bit of space to bring another one in yeah. as a bit of a icing on the cake. Don't be wrong, but it's a good base. I believe I've still got a quota spot in this squad, right. which is either an additional player or Albert Vette, if we can't get yes, rid of him. Yes, true. So, if, so true. I've kind it of does work. worked around that. But my fullback would be Jack Broadbent. I think when he's played there, he's looked dynamic, he's looked exciting, he's looked quite energetic with ball in hand absolutely he's looked skillful and I think he offers a bit more at fullback to be fair the biggest 
question mark over this squad is where do I put Jack Broadbent? Yeah, yeah. Do I, I play that, yeah. do I play him at centre? Do I and play him at fullback? Do I play him at six? I forget it was one of the six names I reeled off earlier. Someone did ask the question on yeah. uh, where is Jack Broadbent's best position. Yeah. Um honest answer, I don't know. But but <laughs> I would suspect he's earned the right to kind of pick one. Yeah. Maybe not six. <laughs> but, <laughs> I wouldn't say six. I think he's earned the right to pick one or four, basically. Yeah. And I think if you're thinking about your career as a 22-year-old lad and you're given the opportunity for the one-shirt cast Tigers in Super League, you'd probably take the opportunity. And if he likes to play fullback, if he wants to play fullback, I think you, you tie the master, don't you? I think he starts... He, week one of 2024, I think Jack Broadbent has that number one shirt on. And I think, obviously, we will have the option. I know we've just said that Gareth Widdup's not a fullback, but he will still be here next year. He's still under year. contract. Yep. Yep. So there is always the option that, obviously, if injuries or anything, he, he can potentially fill that role as well. So there's not saying that he won't would won't play fullback at all for yeah. Cast next year, um, but my first choice would be Jack Broadbent. Yeah, um, and that's another thing as well because obviously we do have I mentioned it last week Miller and Widdup on big deals. Mm. Widdup with another year, Miller's got another two, mm. which I don't love, but <laughs> here we are. Um, they are both with the team uh, in, in this squad. If I had the option of potentially shipping Gareth Wood up elsewhere next year, would I take it? Probably yes. Yeah, Because if, there's a lot of money there. If I was playing a video game, this squad would be completely, potentially new from 1 to 13. But yeah. there's re- you, Again, realism. There's realism. realism. You spoke about it being contracts realistic. Contracts are contracts in rugby league. It's not, they're not, it's not like football. For, no. Very much in the Premier League contracts yeah. are not worth the paper. There no. is a little bit. This, this is not that kind of money. This no. is people's livelihoods. Exactly. People sit on contracts because they need the money. Yeah. Then they can't retire on it. So I imagine Gareth Wood will be here next year. But yeah. if there is an option to kind of eke out of that in the same way you want to get out of Vete, I think you would yeah. realistically approach that because there's kind of an unknown name. Well, not an unknown name. A bit of a forgotten name, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. is obviously going to fill a role. Um, so let's go to the three quarters then. Jack Roberts in the one shirt. We'll yeah. start with uh, number two. So this is the, the Eden position, I guess. Yeah, so I've, I've got in there at the moment Sam Wood. Obviously, we've been linked with him quite heavily coming over from Hull KR. I liked him when he went from Huddersfield to Hull KR. Yes. I thought it was quite a, a potential option for us to bring in at that point. Um, big bodied, I think he's six foot four, six foot five. I think we miss a little bit that length in our squad. Hmm. Can obviously play centre as well, but I, I think him out on the wing kind of uh, bring that ball out from yardage and thinking about those early tackles in sets. Um, I think he, he's a real kind of great player to have in, in and around the squad and I think he's a, a good finisher as well yeah. um, so I don't think we'd lose too much no and I'm not I'm not entirely sure I should never research I'm not entirely sure which side he'd play on or which side he'd favour but mm. I mean your other winger which you're going to pick there could be a bit of interchangeability yeah. about that because I think one of them is probably more of a try scorer yeah. so you'd work that out uh, but Sam would as you say a bit of utility value as well played well in the centre yep uh, I think he's one of those players who KR are upset to let go to be honest and obviously they've just signed Oliver Gilbert yeah. so they want to make that big splash yeah. um, I I think they're kind of letting Sam Wood go for his own good mm. but I think in an ideal world if the cap was a little higher I actually think they'd keep Sam Wood Absolutely. He's, he's a good he's player like... they do like him in the camp Willie Peters has spoke very very highly yeah. of him and by all counts Hull FC uh, they were sniffing around really wanted him they yeah, really wanted to bring him across the river so I think that could be a bit of a coup actually bringing yeah. Sam Wood uh, that's where, as much as the joke is, we always we always sign whole <laughs> players. Yeah, but we also get dibs at the best one because we've got yeah. that connection. So I think Sam Wood at 25 is is a good option to bring in as a bit of that utility. 
uh, free quarter, but you absolutely can start him on the wing. Mm. Um, scored a couple of tries this year, scored tries for KR. I like it, certainly as a starting point. Yeah. Um, okay, centre. So I'm going to cover them both off in one go. Yes. Um, I've got Alex Sutcliffe as one of our obviously re-signed. Mm. Um, I've got him starting at the centre. I think he's, he's a great player to have in there. Defensively, I think he's, he's very solid. Um, he's not too flashy, but I think he's got enough pace to be in and around the yep. ball. I think he's a great passer of the ball. Obviously played some back row as well. So we know that he's got to be defensively solid for that. Yep. And I think it's just a great player to have in there. He's one for me where I'm a little bit less keen on that one, mm. if I'm honest. But I kind of feel like, and we're both NFL fans, so we would understand that reference, but I almost feel like it's a bit of a training camp thing. But it's yeah. a bit of a pre-season thing where you could have a little bit of a battle over that position. Yeah. Because um, I love your left centre, who you're mm. going to get to in a sec, uh, who we have apparently signed. Uh, the This right centre spot, well, whichever way it worked out, I'm not entirely sure again which side they play on. This centre spot in Sutcliffe, I think you've potentially got four players who could play here. Yes. Look at this squad list. I'll jump ahead, if you don't mind, in That's terms fun. of... Um, it appears Connor Wynn yeah. uh, is on his way. That's a name another that's been mentioned. Man. Another whole lot, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he's someone with a decent bit of Super League experience as mm-hmm. well. Another young lad yeah. will come with a bit of a point to prove. Mm-hmm. He's someone who could be in that battle with him. Uh, will Tate's obviously in the team. I'm a little bit more down on him than most. I think he came out of the whole <laughs> FC Chat Cup game um, with some really big raps off. Uh, judge on social media, people really liked his performances. Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally wasn't so sure, to be honest. <laughs> that was one of them. But I don't think it's his fault, necessarily. As you said earlier, you mentioned him in terms of the reserves yeah. earlier. He's one of those players who just looks like he's not had enough ball in hand. He, ne- he needs more game time under his, he looks, under his body. He's one of the more green players yeah. I've ever seen in a cash shirt. And that's not his fault. That's, no. You just you can't teach that. You just need reps. And they've said themselves, Andy Lasser said himself, he is a project. He's If Will Tate is going to be a starting centre in Super League week in, week out, we're probably three years down the line. Mm. But that's okay. He'd still only be 24, 25. Yeah. Absolutely fine. But he's another one. If he could put his spec yep. forward, he's in there. And the really interesting one you don't have the you don't have in the seventeen, but you've got in the squad yep. is Josh Hodgson. Not to be, not Hodgson. <laughs> Before you jump at me, it's not Hodgson. There's no G in there. It's just Hodgson, uh, which from is from the Batley Bulldogs. Yes, obviously coming over with Craig Lingard, yes. a person that he knows very well. Um, Definitely, I know for a fact because Matt Shaw said it. Apparently, six Super yeah. League clubs have spoken to him. So there's. But we do have the jump because we've got yes. his coach. Hopefully you'd, you'd think that having Lingard at, at the club yes. would hold some weight yeah. and uh, maybe make us slight favourites, but it's obviously no guarantee. Um, Lingard brought him up from London mm. um, where he'd played both Rugby Union and Rugby League. Yeah. So quite a raw player coming up. Maybe similar to Tate in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from everything I've heard in the Championship, he's really ripping up that competition. Yeah. One there's of the better players this year, I believe. There's yeah. some a lot of people interested in him as you've just mentioned I know Matt Shaw has said six other clubs are wanting him um, so he's already looking like he's on his way to Super League so why not at Cass Absolutely. I don't 100% know if he'll go straight into the squad hmm. this is the sort of signing that I probably think is maybe a step up but kind of on the similar ilk of when we signed Greg Minikin yeah that's a guy so, yeah I like that yeah. sort of that championship player that's been thought of highly because I know uh, Minikin had some really uh, good supporters when they play when York had played St Helens. I think yeah. there were articles all over from John Wilkins saying that this kid's going to be a player. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah, I think it's a good comparison. He yeah. saw Hodgson will probably obviously need some time within that full time environment yeah. to, to kind of get bedded in, and I think maybe sort of halfway down the season, if if we do sign him, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the week in week out starter. Yeah, hundred percent. I think he's worth it, but he's one of those players that's worth a punt. Um, just on a, a, a kind of side point on that. Obviously, there was the slightly clickbaity article about us going after championship players due to the Lingard connection. Uh, of course, we're going to look at the championship market because we've literally got the bloke who knows more about championship players than anyone in the exactly. world. It makes sense. It was viewed as such a. It was viewed as a negative by a lot of fans. I Interestingly, it doesn't mean that we're just looking no. at the championship. I think that's the way people read it. Read the actual article. Granted, the articles at the minute are not particularly great no. but that's a different argument yeah. um, we're not just looking at the championship I think it can only be a good thing that we're looking at that market and can pick up the best uh, because he simply knows who they are Greg Lingard as I said earlier the academy is probably three years away mm. if you want to get younger everyone's in agreement we need to get younger and get young talent in where do you think they're coming from we need to do that so yeah that centre spot I think Hodson's a great pick up if we can get him as I say Connor wins in there Will Tate's already there I like a little battle mm. I do agree having heard all about all three. Yep. Sutcliffe makes sense to start. Yep. So absolutely more than happy with that one, yep. which takes us on to the other centre, which is an interesting one and some we've been linked to. And I would say pretty safely we've signed it. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, From the rumours that have gone around and things that I have obviously seen on, on Twitter as well, um, Josh Sim, mm. the former St. Helens player, um, currently at Wynnum Manly, playing over in Australia. Yeah, um, that, isn't it? Yep, yeah. down in the Queensland Cup. Um, went over there, backed himself to go over to Australia. Apparently did have offers from Super League clubs, yes. but took the opportunity for him and his partner to go over to Australia, which you would never rob of any young player. Not as a 21, 22-year-old, no. Absolutely. To have that experience, to get paid to go and play rugby league, the sport that I'm guessing he loves, out in Australia. Um, he spoke, I know, when he was leaving about the opportunity of potentially going up into the NRL, but he was seemed very realistic that it wasn't, a nailed on opportunity mm. it was going out there to grow learn and just have the experience probably of a lifetime spend yeah. 12 18 months two years however long he was going to potentially stay out there obviously it's looking like it's going to be 12 months um and but bringing him back um he was a player that was solid enough to play fairly regular at times in the say Ellen squad that we all know ripped up the competition for the last yep. four years Scored a hat trick in the playoffs he a couple of years ago. He did uh, against Leeds. Um, so bringing him in, I think he he slots in quite nicely at that centre. I believe he's only still twenty two years, which is earlier. absolutely crazy. The thing with Josh Sim is, well, multiple things about Josh Sim. As you say, he was in Super League last year. I think he played about 13, 14 games because yeah. he was at Saints. Uh, he also was one of those three players and went on a loan spell to Hull. He went with Jet Walker and Alex Longstaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he scored six tries in those 14 games between those two clubs. Obviously, he was a little bit between squads. Still managed to score six tries. That's the thing I really like about Josh Sim yep. because he's a strike centre. Mm-hmm. And I can't really remember the last strike centre we had. You could probably argue Broadbent would be if we put him in there. But not many tries come from the centre position. Was maybe since Shenny, dare I say. Shenny's Shenny. probably the last one. And even, even Shenny was probably past first anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, I would be... I don't think I, across all of our centres this year I'm pretty sure they don't have six tries <laughs> so I mean to be fair he's come in as a kind of a bit part player and scored six tries in Super yeah. League I'll say he's gone over there Josh Jim was one that instantly kind of caught my attention because as I said uh, last week I probably said at the start of the show um, 
obviously I covered a lot of academy rugby mm-hmm. uh, with you. I was reporting yep. to you. I was putting those match reports in. I watched a lot of rugby around the time he was there. Yeah, uh, it means I watched St. Ellen's quite a bit when they when they generally beat Cass. <laughs> um, there's two players I can remember from that Saints squad. There's two players as they came through. One was a lad you might have heard of called Jack Wellsby, who oh, turned out turned out to be quite good. Yeah, turned out to be quite good. Uh, the other was Josh Sim because he always scored yeah. tries. Uh, I think he pretty much averaged a try a game in the mm. academy, and I know it's a step up, but you'd rather that than somebody who didn't, yeah, because <laughs> they all played academy. Somebody that knows the way to the try line, he's, he's always better. What's this team lacking? Points. Exactly. The team is currently lacking points. If we can inject some points in a position mm-hmm. that's not necessarily always about points, it's not a wing spot. I like that sign a lot. It won't be a hell of a lot of money. It's a great opportunity for him. It's a chance for him to really cut his teeth and do a couple of years. If he wants to move on after that, that'd be yeah. up to him. Absolutely. But also, he's got the opportunity to nail down a three or four shirt. Yeah. For a Super League team, as a 22-year-old lad, that them opportunities don't come wrong. Not really. Too often, so I, I really like that. Yeah. Winger, the other side. This I reckon this could be a left-edge winger, potentially. This this is where I my kind of influence on the team sort of comes in. Obviously, yeah. Wood and Sim are rumoured to have joined already. Yeah. Um. So on the other wing, I've got a signing from down in the Championship again, but I have got us bringing in the Australian Lachlan Wormsley. Really interesting one, this, when I saw it on the piece of paper. Um, the piece of paper, it was a phone. Um, <laughs> you can't miss him. <laughs> he's got some lovely ginger hair, yeah. Lachlan Lomsley. Uh, doesn't look like he's 24, but he's 24, 24, 24 years, years of age. He's one of those Australian Scotsmen, just like Lachlan Coote. Mm. Um, did play for Scotland at the World Cup, I'm sure you saw him, but he is an Aussie uh, by trade. And an Aussie by trade, he's, he's an Aussie. <laughs> um but he's been very clear. He, he wants to step up. Yeah, very vocal. Very vocal in saying that he want, he wants that next step um, into Super League. And I think he's got the pedigree now and the kind of CV to go along with it. I've got down here, 49 tries in 37 games at Halifax. You take that. You take that. And again, that's the thing. Same with the same with Sim. You can straight away cynically go, oh, it's a different level. It's a step up. Yeah, but you'd rather sign someone who's got that pedigree mm-hmm. even at that level. Because let's be honest, that's top, top, top. The other bloke you're going to sign probably hasn't got that, so yeah. you'd rather have that. And yeah, knowing your way to the try line at whatever level it is, whether it's amateur all the way up, isn't that's inherent. You've you've got you've always got that. You've, mm-hmm. If you're a finisher, you're a finisher, and he is, and he's got some pace about him as well. And he's, I, he's but, rapid, and I believe he's about six foot three, six foot four. Yes, which is interesting because you've gone for a similar style with Sam Wood, and that's the way the game's going. Yes, one of the young lads, that, well, the senior brothers, for example. Mm-hmm. They're probably not of the year they wanted, to be fair, this season, but they're very much in that build, kind of rangy, but got pace as well. Yep. Athletes, basically. You need athletes nowadays. Yeah. It's what we were saying about Fryman and what have you earlier. Yeah. It's about putting that different kind of level of younger athlete in there. That's the way the game's going. You need that. We instantly look more dynamic yeah. across, that, across that back line. And I think you mentioned it earlier, saying that obviously Sam Wood was in the spot of Greg Eden in the two-shirt. I think Lachlan Wormsley is the direct comparison to Greg Eden you're looking at mm. speedster who yeah. scores tries yeah yeah exactly I mean we can yeah, I've mix got, around which side I've got but... a 24 year old version exactly exactly is, is the reason this is the reasoning why and again playing Moneyball probably a little yeah. less cash as well yeah. well definitely a little less cash because he's doing the step up okay halfbacks halfbacks number six first uh, Jacob Miller He's under contract for another two years. I don't see us changing that. I'm not going. I don't think we feasibly can no. go out and make a splash and sign another a halfback that's going to probably command some decent money. Yeah. We've already got Miller and Widdop yeah. under contract. I think we said, didn't we? The, well, I said it yesterday in the chat. The only one in Super League right now who would be somewhat. Wait, I don't think he is viable for us. Oh. I, I don't think he is. I think we'd be outpriced and. 
I don't even know how available he is because I think his contract situation is a little bit murky just the way he was signed. Yeah. Uh, would be Lock and Lamb yeah. at, uh, at Lee. He's having a fantastic year. At, Great at, player. He, to be honest, if Lee Dryhouse was looking at a daft back, he'd be perfect yeah. for them, I think. It'd be perfect. Um, and obviously, they're probably going to outprice us. If there is a situation where we can get Miller or Widdop off, off the cap, yeah. then I'd go for that. But yeah. again, I don't really see it happening. So Miller... You, you live or die by Jacob Miller for the next two years. That's how it is. I looked at options. I looked around sort of league, the league in Super League, whether that were off contract players or people mm. that I think maybe would be wanting to step up and play more regular rugby, yeah. i.e. thinking about specifically Rowan Milnes at, at Hook Air. I'd like that. I'd like that. Because I think he's stuck behind Jordan Abdul, Mikey, Mikey Lewis. Lewis yeah. He's obviously spent a little bit of time on loan at, at Wakefield. I think he maybe... He'd be an interesting name. He yeah. maybe wants to play regular. Um but I just don't think we'd bring anybody in. If we're going to bring anybody in, it'll be probably yeah. a youngster or somebody on the cheap. I think the one thing with Miller as well is the one thing you can have a little bit of positivity about is we signed him as the running half, mm-hmm. but he's not a chance to do that not this year all. because he's had far too much. Because, I mean, Widdup can't put three games together. No. Uh, and there's just been far, I mean, obviously the pack's not been at it as well. So it's just been a, as much as Miller, and I actually think Miller's defended quite well, to be yeah. fair, at times. He's given it a little bit of that. But in terms of what we actually signed him for, he had a fantastic year for Wakefield last year as the running half. Mm. Uh, well, the kind of two, I suppose, Mason Lino. But Mason Lino basically took the kicking game on. He did. Um, Miller's had to focus far too much on his fifth tackle options, and it's not his, it's not his strong suit. We know that. The one thing we do have next year, and I mentioned a forgotten man, is someone who can take up the kicking options, potentially, if he comes back in and can get over his injury, which is a big if, but mm. you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially because when he went down, he was finally hitting that form. He was really playing wanted. some really good rugby. Um, your seven's Danny Richardson, isn't it? It was very nice to see him on social media back running. Absolutely. It's very promising to see him back running. On social, stop saying he's going to play next week. He's yeah, not. he's not. Th- that's not what they meant. <laughs> were, Just leave him alone. There were three. Let him run. There were three players in that video: Danny Richardson, Callum McClelland, and Jax O'Neill. I should tell you all you need to know. Yeah. It, and all those three are, are very far away from it's the rugby rehab, league field. It? It's rehab, yeah. Um. I've just, I've just noticed one of those three names isn't in this list. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> that, might get in, that might get some attention. Um, yeah, Danny Richardson at seven. Hopefully he comes back. And maybe he is the key to unlocking just the last little bit we can get out of mm. Jacob Miller. It will be my, will be my um, positive spin on that. If, if, we, if we can get Danny Richardson back playing how he was, as you say, when he just down, before he went down, he, he was running some really good rugby. Yeah. And he was running that team like it was his own. And he, he'd maybe... Quiet and a few of the criticisms that he'd had over the past sort of couple of years. Um, and the thing with him as well, he's clearly a confidence player. Yeah, he, he, you if, can see. Assuming the knee's okay, because obviously that's that is what it is. You've got to make sure the knee's hundred percent. But mm. if it is, he's a confidence player. And the thing you can do with his squad, because like I said the average age is plummeting, is even though he's quite young himself, he's probably only 25, 26 himself. Mm. Danny Richardson, you can kind of give him the keys to it and go yeah. be a leader. He sh- he this sh- is this is now. It's probably three or four years too late, but you can go. Well, I say that he was probably too young and naive to do it then. Yeah. Now, after a year out of the game, you can refocus, a bit more mature, and you can go. You can be the seven for the Super League yeah. team now going forward. You can have this team for the next three years if you want. He should be our lead half for the yes. next sort of four or five years. Yeah, and just, this, that's the ideal. Just touching wood on that one. Touching wood on that one, but you've got to give him a start. And I think with the sixth position, you start Miller as you say. Um, 
if that's not working, you just rotate yeah. and wait up and see what happens, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose that's what happens, but that we've made a rock of his own back in that one, unfortunately. You've, you've got Widdup in there, you've got uh, young Hookham as well, yes. who I hope gets a little bit more game time this year to potentially have a bit uh, of a better And maybe something through the academy, but, yeah. but, we, don't, but we don't know. Yeah. Um, let's do both props then. Uh, the first one's pretty straightforward, you can just, you can just reel him off, and Na- then they've Na- got a really interesting one. Yeah, Nathan Massey, straight away, I think... Um, that's the way that we seem to have set up for the last few years is starting Massey, whether that's at front row or at loose forward. Yeah. Um, I think I, I don't think you can fit him in a back row anymore. So no. Or, or, or oh, loose forward even, so yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. So I, th- I think he starts as one of our front rowers. Um, pretty interchangeable. He could, he could come off the bench. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad, but I've got him sort of starting. I think that's a pretty yeah. simple one. That's the thing. I think especially over the years, it doesn't really matter who starts anymore, does it? It's no. just who's doing the stints. You can obviously, uh, it won't shock you, that George Lawler's on his bench, you yeah. can interchange those two. That, that's how it's Whichever, I mean, Lawler technically has the eight shirt, doesn't he? So you could yeah. go there, but it doesn't really matter. Do no. squad numbers matter anymore? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Nevertheless, who's going to be your number 10? <laughs> so <laughs> so this is where I've kind of looked outside. He's got a bit loose cannon on this one, I, but I like it. I've gone a little bit, yeah, a bit rogue like with everything. Um, so this is where I've looked overseas. Obviously, we, we seem to have um, recruited as overseas players from within Super League uh, the last few years and seem to have a bit of a reluctance um, to go over to the NRL and over to Australia to pick up somebody. Um, so I've gone for a prop forward who has been playing his trade. Uh, last year in the Queensland Cup, he's in the New South Wales Cup this year, just to mix things up, mm. um, is a guy called Nick Luitoso. So he's a 27-year-old prop forward. He's 110 kilos, around six foot two, six foot three. Fits the bill. No-nonsense powerful prop um, currently sat within the St George um, top 30s not made his NRL debut um, but there was some big raps about him last year was a Queensland Cup team of the year player um, averaged 156 metres per game you'd take that you'd certainly take that so if you're thinking about that a game that's mm, um, an awful lot yeah apparently there were a few uh, NRL clubs offering him training trial deals last year. Um, St. George came in and offered him a top 30 deal, so a full-time yeah. deal. He has been playing his trade, as I say, in the New, New South Wales. As but, most do on the, on the fringes, so that's um, unusual. He's, a 20, he's 27 years old, so he's not young, young, um, but he's been around. He's been in the Penrith Panthers feeder before that. And you'd say prop forwards age more slowly as well. Anyway. Yeah. So you'd, 27, you're probably anywhere between 27 and 30. You're looking yeah. at the peak. Maybe even a little bit longer. I, th- I think he'd be the perfect signing to come and play now and look good Yeah. and really hit the ground running and really give our forward pack some identity yeah. and some grit that I think we may be lacking a little bit. Yeah. You can look at Watson, Westerman as nice little ball playing forwards, but I think sometimes we You just said the word nice. We're, we're a bit too nice, we're aren't we? A bit we? too nice. I think he's got a bit more straight line in him yeah. that's going to power up and uh, properly run. Yeah. I think you look at sort of Wormsley type play. I'm not going to say he's, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to give him <laughs> not going to talk him up that much, but that sort of player that runs yeah. it straight and really breaks the line. But we we see it every year, don't you? Like like Pacific players coming over and I mean, yeah. Chris Satai just signed for Catalan for a couple exactly. of years. I mean, we've seen some absolute monsters come over. Not many of them were playing top, top level NRL. Not many were. You've got to take a punt on some of these, and I think this is well worth it. Again, these players playing Queensland, New South Wales Cup, not going to be demanding huge money. No. You can take a bit of a punt on a two-year deal on guys like this. And And I think you can kind of look at people like Jesse Senny Lefeo. Yeah. He came over, Junior Mars. Yeah. I mean, I think Jesse had played maybe a dozen NRL games when he came over to us. Yeah. 
I think Junior were a little bit more established, but, Melbourne, but, but still not so. yeah. um, hugely experienced in the NRL. So, and we've got some good times and some good runs out of those guys. Yeah, I reckon the last player we picked out of St George's Rangi Chase, wasn't it? So, yeah, so <laughs> well, we'll take that. We'll, 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 if, he, if he can have a career like Rangi Chase, well, we'll if he can have the performances like Rangi Chase, yeah, maybe not a career, but not the career. Um, certain performances. Um, number nine, uh, somewhat speaks for itself. Club captain. I know there's rumours floating around. I've seen one mm. or two things on the forum. I've seen them as well. I've also not seen anything to suggest there's anything no. to it. So no. as far as I'm concerned, Paul McShane is the hooker and captain of this uh, rugby team. Absolutely. Um, and would be here next year because he's got three years left in his deal, whatever it is. I think he's... Got a, well, he's got a contract till the end of his career, yeah. essentially, hasn't he? I think he'll be 34 next year. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, you do have to think about the Absolutely. future, which... Adam has, thankfully. Um, but yeah, Palmer should be the nine unless something comes of those rumours. But as I'm, as I'm aware, they are just rumours and nothing more mm-hmm. than that at the moment. Um, second row, um, I'll just reel off. Alex Meller is yep. going to be there. That went about saying, currently vice-captain. Um, one of the questions we had was about Alex Meller, about someone, I can't, again, I forget your name, I do apologise, um, saying he didn't particularly rate Alex Meller and what were kind of our thoughts on him. I think he's one of those players where it's easier to pick up on the stuff he does wrong. Yes. And almost a bit of a massy in the sense, but I think he does a lot of good things which kind of go under the radar. Mm. Alex Miller, he's a bit no-nonsense. He's just he's going to go about his job and do his job. He's done that for the last 10 years, really. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think he came through the Leeds Academy originally, didn't he? He was all, he's been around Leeds. Um, been around a number of clubs, Huddersfield as well, of course. He's always been a very solid bat rower. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was excellent last season when he came in into a new system and immediately took like a leadership role as well, which was really exciting. Yeah. Um, he's not going to do much wrong for you, I don't think Alex Mellor. Plus, I mean, he's played in the centre as much as he's played back row this year. You've, you've got to give him that that's leeway the as well. I was going to make. He's, he's jumping about a little bit into yeah. that. Which shows a lot about his character as well. Yeah. So it is tough to sort of get a feel whether you're defending, what, two in, three in. Yeah. You're jumping around, so it's a little, play it a little bit differently. So... Um, He'd be, yeah. he'd be one of the first names on this team. He was one. Of, I think the first one was Paul McShane. I think the second one was Alex Meller for me. Yeah, when I was captain and vice captain team. makes yeah. perfect sense. Um, so the other second rower, and um, we're going to put him out there. I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about him, but obviously the report came out last week uh, that we've signed Nixon Putt yeah. again from the Queensland Cup. I think yes. it is. It's Queensland, isn't it? It's one, yeah. of, one of the states. Brilliant Queensland Cup. Uh, Papua New Guinea international because played in the World Cup was one of their star performers yes. in the World Cup which is presumably why why he caught our attention scored a couple of tries in the Wales game I remember I was at that Wales game and he, he, he was absolutely unbelievable or unplayable at some point um, but yeah another another guy like uh, Louis Toso that was in the Queensland Cup team of the year Yep. Um, so obviously well thought of over there um, I believe I saw the rumours go out to a, a forum page in Australia, and there were a lot of people saying it's about time he got a chance. He's been one of I the, saw that myself. The yeah, better play, one of the better back rowers outside of the NRL, and yeah. people are almost shocked that he's not had a chance yet. Mm. Um, so that's got to be promising, of course. Yeah, again, it's one of those you take a bit of a swing, but I'm more yeah. than happy with this. Yeah, um, that wasn't a joke on put. <laughs> you can't take a little bit. Oh, suppose you don't swing a there's putt. There's so many jokes you can make. Yeah, there's quite a few. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. If nothing else, it was the first real example because Josh Shim kind of counts, but it was the first example of us actually going out to find an overseas player yeah. overseas, uh, which was promising. And obviously, you know, we can't just fish in the same pool all the time. And um, yeah, again, don't know a great deal about him beyond the World Cup performances, but mm-hmm. he looked good. 
right age again, willing to give him a chance, willing to let him prove himself. So he's your number 12 and number 13. Again, kind of goes without saying, we're re-signing him, so Joe yeah, Weston would go in at 13. Joe Probably, don't have to, Probably don't have to dwell on that too much. Yep. So that comes to your bench. We'll reel off the two. Well, one we've already mentioned, George Lawler, yep. interchangeable. Uh, you've got Kenny Edwards on your bench as well, which I think... It's probably his last season in that role, I would imagine, knowing his age, unless he can crack on. Yeah. Um, and he's also one of those players, uh, with all due respect to Kenny, with the likes of Brad Martin there, who would be looking over his shoulder a little bit, but I don't think that's a bad thing. He's got a couple players, like, as you say, Brad Martin, Sam Hall's another one that's nipping yeah. at his heels a little bit. Which is good. Um, good. But I, I definitely think it's a three-way decision at second row. Um, I think... Mellor starts, and yeah. then I think your decision is: do you play Put or do you play Edwards? Yeah, it'll, it'll depend on who you're playing as yeah. well. You, maybe if you need more of a ball handle, you go Edwards. Yeah, if you don't, exactly. if you need a bit more brunt. Yeah, yeah. So I think Kenny Edwards makes it into that seventeen, whether or not he starts or not. It's he's obviously circumstantial, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd have him in there. I think we've had some good performances out of Kenny this year. Maybe not as good as he he maybe would want. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, he's. For his lofty standards, he's not been yeah, good this year. No, I don't think we have to sugarcoat that. I mean, compared to what he was last year, yeah, um, exactly. he's been off it. He's been well off it. Yeah. I think you'd admit that. Um, you know, he's one of those enigmas, Kenny Edwards, isn't it? And you didn't mm. want you you didn't want to point out the fact towards the back end of the year that his performances did dip after the contract, yeah. but they did. Yeah. I mean, we, we, and you know, he's still on that decent deal. He deserved that deal at the time. Has he played at the same level as the week before he got that deal? Since probably not. Probably not, and that's just facts. Um, but, you know, he's now going to be looking at that next deal, whether it be the last one or not. I mean, mm-hmm. he's getting on in age. The thing with Kenny Edwards is you can keep him around at his age because he's not played many games. Yeah. So he's a bit of a, an anomaly in terms yeah. of, yes, he might be in mid-30s, but he's probably not played as many games as some players at 27. So mm-hmm. it's you can kind of throw him in uh, as a bit of a, a bit of a different one. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. He probably isn't that three-rotation in terms of, who your opposition is, what you want to do. Um, so your other two bench spots are interesting because they're signings and not yeah. signings that have been mentioned with us. So yeah. take it away. So I'll start with the um, Super League guy. So I've signed a player that is currently at St. Helens in the shape of Dan Norman. And caveat, this is the one I mentioned earlier, probably about an hour ago now, in terms of someone you could maybe bring in mid-season yeah. if we needed to now. So yeah. he, he's 25, six foot five, come through at Witness, I believe. Um, and has spent the last few years at St. Helens. I think he's not really playing all that much at St. Helens right now. As you say, he could be a body that we could bring in now to, that could really add to this forward pack yeah. and give us maybe a bit more oomph. The problem he's got at Saints at the moment is they've got a lad called George Delaney, who very well might be the next Alex Wormsley because yeah. he is fantastic. I think they got him from Bradford originally and yeah. moved on. Um, he's had a few games now. He's kind of jumped him in the pecking order. Yeah. That's not to say Dan Norman isn't a good player. No. George Delaney just might be a superstar. Yeah. It's one of those things. So, yeah, I, he I could think, be available. I think it's a perfect target to potentially bring in now yeah. and uh, really let him have sort of the back end of the season and make it look like a player for 2024 yeah. that could really take a step forward and really... I mean, you can. that's the thing. Team. The thing with this, as we said, there's rotation for the, yeah. prop, the prop spots. You can bring him in now and go, Andy Lask and say, I'll give you the 10 shirt if you absolutely yeah. smash it yeah. in those 14 games. Absolutely, you can earn... We'll, we'll sign you on a six-month deal mm. with an option... You can write whatever you want into that, you know what I mean? So I, I completely agree. He's that kind of player. As I say, there's not that high, high-level player available. No. He's the kind of player you need no. on the fringes of these top clubs, I think. Um, I like that I like that signing, whether it's now, whether it's at the end of the season. 
think Dan Norman makes a lot of sense. And finally, in your final bench spot. Yeah, so I've gone again over overseas, over to Australia, and it's a hooker this time, um, a 23-year-old, so it's on that young younger age. Kind of having one eye on Paul McShane, finishing within the next two, three years. Yeah, I think looking now, giving ourselves maybe two, three years to find that replacement, rather than waiting for Maka to leave mm. and uh, kind of scrambling around and having to make the right decision straight away. Uh, puts a little bit of pressure, but it's a guy by the name of Tyson Smoothie. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you can crack on, because I have absolutely no idea. So he's a 23-year-old. <laughs> he is actually playing over with uh, Josh Sim at Wynnum Manly. So hopefully Josh Sim can potentially have a word. Hopefully the mates. Hopefully the, best, hopefully the mates. best buddies. Let, let us know, Josh, if you're listening. Uh, are your mates? Bring him over. That'd be, that'd be good. But he's a guy that ha- he's played NRL before, four games before, but he's played at uh, Melbourne. I had heard the name. I didn't know anything about it, but I yeah. had heard the name. It's come through the system kind of at Melbourne, found things obviously a little bit tricky with the amount of hooking talent that they, they have there, yeah, um, which speaks for itself. Um, currently signed with uh, the Brisbane Broncos on a development deal. But there, again, he's uh, behind a few talented players. There's a very talented youngster that's been very highly thought of that's expected to jump him in the pecking order. Um, so NRL options seem to be a little bit limited. Yeah. Um, so I think he's got a very good uh, kicking game, kicking from hand. Um, I think he's, he's knocked over a couple of drop goals. Um, been an option sort of on last tackles as well. Mm. Um, so I think adding that into our game as a rotation option for I think it makes sense for Paul McShane. And I can hear the responses now. I imagine the name on everyone's lips right now is Kane Rob. Yes. The thing with Kane Robb for me is the way he plays. And this is not a knock on Kane Robb because he's, I love watching him play. He's a really aggressive player. Great player. He's a bit of a firecracker. I don't necessarily see him as an 80 minute hooker, no. which is not a bad thing. That's fine. Mm. I mean, teams have been very successful uh, doing rotations. I don't think you can just have Kane Robb as no. you as your continuously plan for Maka. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think bringing someone in who you can rotate with. Um, with McShane in the first instance, and then when it is Rob eventually, I think you need that. Because I, I mean, to be honest, if Kane Rob bulked up, I could even see him at thirteen. To be mm. honest, I almost view him in the same way as I would Jax yeah. a few years ago. To be fair, he's a better he's a better player than Jax, yeah. but I can see that. I think it's quite telling um, the fact that when Macca's had to go into halves, Last has played Law started Lawler at mm. hooker and brought Rob off. Could the bench. be a fitness thing, but could be. Oh, I, I see what you're saying in terms of the rotation, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, he's he's not. I I don't view him as an eighty minute hooker. Never. So, yeah, as much as I don't know a great deal about Tyson Smoothie, again coming with a little bit of pedigree, mm. anyone who's played any in NRL games for me, you can fit into this team. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, for just experience alone. Uh, as you say, he's only twenty three. I think yeah, twenty three. Uh, something a little bit to prove. Um, for me, that's strong. For me, that is strong. And by strong, I mean we can maybe touch playoffs. <laughs> but again, <laughs> that's where we need to be at because understandably you can look at this 17 Broadbent, Wood Sutcliffe, Sim Wormsley, Miller Richardson, Massey McShane, Louis Tozo Mellor, Port Westerman then a bench of Smoothie Norman, Lawler and Edwards it's not winning all traffic it's not, it's not winning a grand no. final it's, it's you might have a Wembley run maybe um, but that's not the point that's not the point it's a, it's a transitional year where you've got hopefully Danny Richardson really taking the reins of this team. You're getting some young outside backs. You've got an I mean, you've got a back line there of probably average age of about 22, 23 mm. to grow and kind of work those combinations together. Um, you've got a brand new fullback in there who can really take the position his own. 
it's a team that may it's going to make mistakes. It's going to make mistakes mm. initially. There's going to be some pain. Don't get me yes. wrong. Next season, you're going to lose some games heavily, probably. But you also might pick a few up just for enthusiasm. And as I said at the start of the show, although I wasn't a hundred percent on it. I don't think we can be relegated next year if we stay up. <laughs> so that's another thing. You do have that little bit of insurance in terms of building a squad. Uh, I'll quickly run through who would be essentially your uh, fringe players yeah. on this side. So you'd have George Griffin, who's still got a deal. Um, yeah, Kane Robb would be there. Brad Martin and Sam Hall. Uh, you could uh, rotate these in whenever they want. Yeah. Do you know what? We'll probably look at this at the end of the season, hopefully, and they maybe be in. Hopefully that's the ideal situation. One of them might even start in prop. That's the ideal situation. Uh, Jordy Crowther in there. That's another name we've not mentioned yet, but apparently we have signed from Wakefield um, for next season. You kind of rotate him in. He's just he's a solid bat rower. Uh, can play loose forward. Um, Westerman's just starting loose forward, and for that reason, he would be on he would be on the reserves if there's injuries. Westy's getting on a little bit. Maybe you rotate him in and just see how he does. You've got Liam Watts down there, obviously. You've got Josh Hodson and Connor Wynn, as I said earlier, as your rotational centres. Gareth Widdop's just in a little bit of wilderness at a minute. You can play Halifax if you want. He's from Halifax. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Um, Elliot Wallace in there. Uh, Will Tate and Jason Gary Gary. Oh, and Kieran Hudson as well. Um, it's a hell of a lot younger, if nothing else. It's a hell of a lot younger. As I said at the start of the show... The team that started Hull, uh, started Hull in week one was, I mean, touching on 31. I think it would have been 31 if Greg Eden played. Uh, I'd run the numbers earlier. This would be 27.1 uh, as a starting 17, so just over the age of 27. Add a year on for next season, 28. Yeah. That's about right. If you look at the top teams, that's near enough where they're at, or certainly at this stage in the transition. You probably look at St. Helens last year, they were probably touching maybe 29. Yeah. But that's because they should be, because yeah. they just won four grand finals. That's, that's how it works. Um, realistically you get it down to 27 next year that's still with Nathan Massey that's still with Paul McShane that's still with Joe Westerman you could even bring that down again the year after uh, so that might even go down to 26 the year after that's kind of that, that's, that's the route isn't it you swap, that is the you're swapping the likes of Sam Hall Brad Martin into that team and, it, and oh, it, it drops and enormously year it drops never drops mind enormously. the year after drops enormously yeah you could you could easily make a side here as probably average age 25 easily easily and it'd be somewhat competitive yeah. as I say don't think you can get relegated next season. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. It's all about building for the future. That is what is possible. I think this that's the other thing about this squad. This is very, very realistic. I think there's not even... I've not really seen any kind of blockers to get in this team. Mm. Maybe if Saints want to keep Dan Norman around. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You're signing from the Championship. You're signing from the Queensland North New South Wales Cup where you're giving opportunities. There's plenty of cap room left in this team as well. It'd be even more if you get Widdop and Vete off. Uh, and in that situation, you might have 500k to play with where you can do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. And then if you can make a, maybe even a transfer to add some kind of a cherry on the top, that's absolutely fine. But this would be a good starting point. This would be a good foundation to move on. It's year one. This is your starting point. Hopefully all these players blossom. And then year three, maybe you've got a bit of a side. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's I been hope. an absolute pleasure. I know we've uh, witted on a little bit. I think the count is at two hours. That's all right. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. You don't have to listen to it all in one go. Oh, have you already? Sorry. Uh, but yeah. Thank you if you have. If you're still here, I really do appreciate it. I'm sure some of you have based on responses from the first episode. So yeah, extremely appreciative. And uh, just let us know. Let us know what you think. I'm sure, I mean, there's been a lot discussed in this episode, so I'm sure you've got your thoughts. Do let us know as much as you possibly can over on Twitter. I'm 
going to put this in the forums, I think, on Facebook. Uh, Adam's face doesn't feel <laughs> don't look great about that. Um, but yeah, let us know over there as well in the comments. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you're heading to the North East this weekend, have a great time. Cheer them home. Who knows? Maybe even grab two points. Kife.